my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Tanner fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. How's everyone doing today? I'm happy. It's 10 a.m. The sun is shining. It's like 60 degrees outside instead of like 51 or 45, which is cool. So, uh, well, today we do, we are doing the second to last episode in the back to school series the episode of course i'm talking about today is from season seven we jump from season six to season seven with episode five entitled fast friends this episode aired on october 12th 1993 in this episode stephanie meets new friends but soon feels pressured to smoke Jesse and Joey host a radio show called Teen Talk, or is it Yakin' with Youth? I, I gotta go with Teen Talk, it's a lot better. But, um, yeah, Stephanie's starting junior high, and, well, actually, technically, she didn't, she's been going to school for, like, two weeks, and she's still struggling with her image, what to wear, and the teacher still doesn't know her name, still calls her a girl in the back who grinds her teeth. Like, oh boy, teacher, I know you got a lot of kids. It's been two weeks. Can't you show the girl some respect and just look on the name sheet? Like, oh, Miss Color Miss Tanner. The girl in the back who grinds her teeth? Yeesh. Stephanie already has trouble fitting in. Let's not give her a moniker like that that's going to follow her around forever. This episode um, has a 7.8. 4 out of 10 rating based on 157 ratings on IMDb. It was directed by John Tracy, writers Jeff Franklin, the creator, and Bob Sand, one of the writers. We are introduced to a couple new characters. We have Mickey, played by Molly Morgan, who is unfortunately just going to be in one other episode called Is It True About Stephanie? And we also get Gia, first appearance of Gia, played by Marla Sokoloff. And she will be a Full House staple, if you want to call her a Full House staple. Yeah, she's going to be, she's going to be, she's in Fuller House. Um, who is Kelly? It doesn't say. But, ooh, Kelly was in a very Brady sequel. She must have been one of the girls, Miss Cummings is, okay, okay, yeah, I know, now, um, if you've seen the Brady Bunch movie and a very Brady sequel, this girl plays Miss Cummings' daughter, Miss Cummings is Jan's, uh, school counselor, so, okay, I know who they're referring to now, the girl, gotcha. Oh, oh, she was also on an episode of Seinfeld, the couch episode, if you've seen the one where um, George is in a book club 
and they're reading um, Breakfast at Tiffany's, and he tries to rent the movie. It's out. So he ends up going to the house of the people that rented Breakfast at Tiffany's, and uh, it's this um, nice African-American guy who is just like, why are you at my door? Why don't you just read the book? <laughs> And it's just, it's it's funny. And the girl in it plays the daughter who is just, like, so perturbed by George George's appearance, or just his presence. Like, oh, you're so annoying. Go away. <laughs> but yeah, okay, and I know. And she was also in an episode of Roseanne. All right, cool, cool, cool. All right. She's apparently almost two years older than me, and she is Haitian-American. American, okay, cool. Okay, let's get off of Kelly right now. No more Kelly. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into some trivia. This is the second time a member of the Tanner family is doing something illegal, the first being DJ being caught with beer and just say no way. In reality, if Stephanie and Gia had been caught smoking, they would have likely been suspended or expelled as a result. Um, have you seen the condition of that school? Those girls clearly go in there on a regular basis to smoke. No one's stopping them. If that cares, if that school cared at all, that school would not look like that. Kimmy refers to Jesse and Joey as Bert and Ernie during the radio show. That's funny. There's more to this, but whenever I click on this, it just, like, takes me out of IMDb. It's like, mm. Star Wars episode... An, okay, it's A New Hope. Ivy. Guys, I can't read Roman numerals. I can't tell what that is. Um, Steve refers to Darth Vader and imitates him. Star Wars episode The Empire Strikes Back. It's got a V on it. While imitating Darth Vader, Steve says, Luke, I... Let's see if I can... Help! No. Luke, I... I am your I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> How many Star Wars fans are gonna, like, be angry with me now? Especially my husband, one of the diehard Star Wars fans. The fact that I said, um, Star Wars episode IV... And then Star Wars V, episode V, he's gonna be like, I can't be married to you anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> Especially after I just more than likely offended all of the Star Wars community. I apologize. I'm sorry. I've seen the movies. I like them. I don't love them, but I like them. And I don't need to necessarily watch them again. <laughs> Alright, let's get into some user reviews. There's two of them here. The first one is an 8 out of 10. The one with pressure. Okay, this person is clearly a Friends fan. Maybe. Taylor Kingston. Okay, this person is a regular user review for the Full House IMDb page. This review was on September 21st, 2015. I really like this episode. I'm happy that Stephanie finally makes some friends, even if they were pressuring her to do something she didn't particularly want to do. But I am glad that Mickey supported her decision not to smoke. 
In this episode, Stephanie makes some new friends, but would the, she makes a friend. I, the other girls, just they look at Stephanie, and it's like, who are you? What are you doing in our bathroom? Get out of here. But with this also comes pressure. Her friends all smoke. Why do they keep saying friends? They're not her friends. Mickey, maybe, but the others, no. So should all smoke. So should be smoking as well. Does she want to fit in that badly? Since Joey and Jesse are hosting a teen, a new radio show about teens, which they can't decide to call Teen Talk or Yakin with the Youth. Personally, I like Teen Talk. Yes, thank you, Taylor. Thank you. Yes, I love Teen Talk. It's the best sounding name ever. Since they have this show, Stephanie calls up asking about the pressure using an alias. I love her alias, by the way, which is the trivia question this week, and I will give you all the shoutouts for everyone they answered. Overall, I give this episode an 8 out of 10, which in my ratings book is awesome. Alright. Ooh, 10 out of 10. This one's from March 30th of this year, 2019. Peer Pressure by Power Ma Power Mandan. I recognize your handle. This is one of my favorite episodes about the subject. So honest, while still able to keep the full house touch. Stephanie's in the sixth grade and officially a in junior high, which is funny, guys. Think about it. DJ started junior high when she was in seventh grade. Granted, Stephanie... We'll get into the whole redistricting thing when I start discussing the episode. But she starts junior high in 6th grade instead of 7th, so that's interesting. Things maybe change from the time DJ was in junior high to when Stephanie started. She has made no new friends. One day, she meets a cool girl named Mickey. They hit it off. Steph soon finds out Mickey is part of... A slew of smokers. Steph is desperate for friends. Will she do it? Peer pressure is the reason people drink, smoke, do drugs, and have sex. Putting on a facade to impress people. But in Stephanie's case, she has her good judgment getting in the way of making new friends. There's nothing wrong with that, Steph. Seriously, nothing wrong with judgment. Good judgment. It keeps you on the narrow path. Straight and narrow. That's me, guys, not the reviewer. Um, friends are the most important thing a person can have. This episode doesn't debunk that completely, but does take a close look at fake friends versus real ones. So even though this episode isn't entirely about the dangers of smoking, it is very effective as to what it has to say. Thank you, that is very good. I like that. That is a good, good review. Of course, I got the DVD case in front of me. Let's see what the description is for this. Will the friendship go up in smoke at her new school? Or, excuse me, will this friendship go up in smoke at her new school? Stephanie meets a girl who wants her to light up. This is a better description than some of the others in the past that I've read. Like, the one with the apartment didn't care for that one at all. All right, here is the question for Fast Friends. What name does Stephanie use when she calls into Jesse and Joey's radio show Rush Hour Renegades Teen Helpline? <laughs> Teen Helpline. I just added that there. Um, A, Inga, B, Viva, or C, 
Olga? The correct answer is C, Olga. And congratulations to everyone who I'm going to give a shout out to. You got it right. We have Becca, we have JP5683, Rebecca, Kitty, Nina, Joey Garcia, uh, Joey Garcia38. Thank you all for answering correctly. All right. So, of course, I want to let you all know, if you're new to the podcast, where you can go to follow along with the podcast. The Facebook page, Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, Full House, Fuller House Podcast. You can just type in Full House or Fuller House, and it should pop right up. Instagram, OMHC, Full House, Fuller House Pod. On Twitter, OMHC, Full House. If you want to send a email to me, if you want to send an audio clip on a previous episode that I've covered or one I plan to cover next... You can send an audio clip to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com and I'll put it in the show. Just remember to keep it clean because this is a clean full house podcast. All right. Well, real quick, because I didn't do it last time and it is October, I got some um, spooky Halloween books for you to check out. The first one is Small Spaces by Catherine Arden. And also the sequel Deadly Voices, which just came out this month. The Peculiar Incident on Shady Street by Lindsay Curry. Uh, a book I just finished last night, Spirit Hunters by Ellen O. City of Ghosts by Victoria Schwab, and the sequel, which I just finished this week, called Tunnel of Bones. Another book called The Boy from Tomorrow, which I read uh, last year, or was it early? No, it had to have been last year, around this time, I think it is. But it's really good, guys. All these books are amazing, and they are perfect for, they're all middle grade books, but they're all perfect for this time of year. And I did listen to City of Ghosts and Tunnel of Bones by Victoria Schwab. I did listen to that, as well as Small Spaces, on uh, as an audiobook on Audible. So definitely, if you guys like audiobooks, the narration, the narrators are amazing. And they really bring the story to life. At the end of the episode, if I have time, I will go on to Goodreads and kind of give you guys, you know, read the synopsis for some of those books to give you a little more um, info about them. To just give you a taste of how good they are. So, all right, without further ado, let's jump into this episode. All right, of course, before we get to the actual episode, we have to talk about the cold open. Michelle is in the hallway, says, Stephanie, come here, you got to see this. Michelle's got a pink... Sock pig, you know, puppet on her hand. Oh, Michelle's going to try her hand a little bit of uh, ventriloquism via the pig sock face. So I'm going to play this clip. Michelle's been trying to do this for like a week and she feels like she's finally got it down. Stephanie, come here. You gotta see this. This is going to be great. Michelle. Don't tell me you're still trying to make that sock talk. Well, I can't walk. Come on, I've been practicing. 
now. Watch. <clears throat> uh, hi, my name's Mr. Pigsley. What's yours? How? How? Oh, nice to meet you, How How. Michelle, it's amazing how you threw your voice like that. In fact, yeah, it's Joey. It sounds like you threw it from this closet. Ah, uh, don't go near that closet door. Yeah, right. Oh, no, no, no. Inspection's over. There's no moths, no termites. I'll uh, I'll see you ladies in about six months or so. Okay. <laughs> okay. Keep no. Keep your shirt down there, buddy. We don't need to see your back. So that's how I did it. Yeah. Right. So Stephanie is fooled for like half a second, and she's like, "How did you? How? How? Um." And then she was like, "Well, wait, because." Everyone knows everyone's everyone's voice sounds in that house, right? And she's probably like, gosh, where is that even from? And she's like, hmm, let me, it sounds like, because you threw, it's amazing how you threw your voice, Michelle. In fact, it's so amazing because the sound is coming from this closet. And she opens the closet door. And Joey's like, oh, no, it's okay. The inspection's over. There's no moths, no termites. He's like, oh, I'll see you ladies in six months. And Dave Coulier, or Joe, whether it's a character choice, starts lifting. He's wearing a Red Wings jersey, a Detroit Red Wings jersey. And he starts lifting up because he's walking out of the room and he's like lifting it up and like scratching. And then you see the shirt like rise up in the back. And it's like... You're seeing, like, part, like, his back, like, I don't want to see, no, keep, keep the shirt down, Joey, please, or Dave Coulier, we don't need to see that. Nothing wrong with Dave Coulier, but we don't need to see your, uh, bare back exposed. I remember, I was in fifth grade, and we made, like, we were told to, like, bring in, like, socks to make sock puppets, and... I think I put, like, googly eyes on mine and, like, some fake hair. I glue it on and everything, and that's about it. I mean, I don't have it anymore. I'm sure I threw it away. I, mean, I didn't play with it <laughs> once I brought it home. It's like, okay, bye. And that was the cold open. Um, excuse- Whoa, this is not the right episode. I'm like, wait a minute. No, no, this is tough love. Hold on, guys. Oh, my- Well, guess what? You're gonna get another cold open. Oh, my gosh. How did I miss this? I hit- Tough love is above fast friends. I swore I hit fast friends, but okay, here we go. Guys, you're getting another cold open. Courtesy of my mistake. <laughs> oh, cool. We get a cold open with Michelle, Comet, Nikki, and Alex. Oh, this is adorable. There we go. Good boy. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't get any other cookies. Just the cookies. Oh my gosh, they crash into each other. <laughs> That's crazy. 
This is a cute one. I like this one better than the sock pocket. The, 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 the sock puppet. Not pocket. I thought Comet went to obedience school. Did he forget everything? I mean, granted, he was like maybe six months of age when Danny took him. But she's like, Comet, roll over. And he just sits there. Shouldn't you have him like in a laying position before you go to roll over? Because he's in a standing position. You can't say roll over from a standing position. Like what? Maybe have him like sit, lay down, and then roll. Because he's got to be like on the floor to lay down, right? Michelle, you're skipping a couple steps. So Michelle's just dissatisfied with Comet. So she looks at the boys like, boys, show Comet how you roll over. So Nikki and Alex, they always dress the boys similar, just in different colors. And they both look like soccer referees. Like one of them is dressed in black shoes, black pants, and a black and white striped referee shirt. The other one is dressed, of course, in my favorite color red with, I think he's also wearing black shoes, but he's wearing red pants and red and white candy cane shirt. And the boys are just rolling around on the floor like, <laughs> this is so fun. Michelle turns to Comet and says, hey, see how easy it is? And Comet just got this, he's biting the side of his lip like... What is this? I'm taking lessons from toddlers? I don't think so. So Michelle's like, here you go, Nikki and Alex. You get a cookie for rolling over. Of course, now Comet's like, oh, they got a cookie? So that's all I got to do to be able to get a cookie is just you know, roll over? I can do that. Um, This is interesting. I was, I've rewound it twice. I'll rewind it one more time. But this is, wow. They have somebody speaking, thank you, Michelle, thank you, Michelle, for the twins. Because I'm like, yeah, they're still, the twins are still young. I mean, and Michelle is a long name. And to say thank you and Michelle, I watched, their lips did not even move. The twins didn't when, thank you, Michelle, thank you, Michelle. It doesn't even really, it kind of sounds like them, but it doesn't. It rolls over successfully. Michelle gives him a cookie. Can you imagine if, like, Michelle wasn't even paying attention to Comet and he rolled over? It's like, wait, no, I did it. I get a cookie, please. Oh, I have to do it again. Oh, I get two cookies this time. And Michelle, like, tosses a cookie in Comet's mouth because Comet may not know the term soft mouth, which is... Because, you know, a dog, if you hand put your hand out there with a cookie, that dog's going to take it right off your hand and probably, like, maybe not bite your hand in the process. But sometimes if they're kind of, that's why you say, you know, soft mouth, you have to take the treat softly from the hand. Guys, I don't have a dog. I just, I watch, you know, dog training videos and YouTube videos and stuff like that with uh, dogs and teaching them how to do, you know, take a treat from the hand, but softly and slowly so you're not accidentally, like, biting the hand when you're taking the treat, so. I can see why she just toss it to him and he catch it. So Nikki and Alex here are watching Kama eat. They are really interested, like, oh, wow, look, he's eating. He's eating a cookie, like, we're eating a cookie. Wow, this is so fascinating. They're just so, like, wow, look at him eat. 
And they're like, oh, but we want another cookie. So they're like rolling around on the floor and Comet's like, oh, is this how you get another cookie? I'm going to keep doing this. They're doing it. So he's learning by watching the twins. Comet rolls right into the twins because he keeps rolling over. That's cute. And that's the cold open. She's like, oh, I'm going to need some more cookies. You didn't plop. She's got a, she's wearing a fanny pack around her. She's wearing like all light blue, like a long sleeved light blue hooded shirt with matching light blue pants. And she's got a fanny pack. And if you guys know, you could probably fit quite a bit of stuff in a fanny pack. I should know because when I was, when we were walking around um, Dallas and, you know, other areas, I had my fanny pack on me, had my phone, my wallet, all that stuff in there. And it's like, no, you just take a whole handful of cookie and j- cookies and just Put it right in there. Granted, you might want to put them in like a little Ziploc bag and then put them in there because you know how cookies can crumble and you don't want to get that mess inside your fanny pack. That's going to be a pain in the bum to clean. Michelle, you are so selfish. This is breakfast time. Jesse and Michelle are eating. Jesse's about to take this breakfast sausage. It's on a fork. It's headed right to his mouth. Michelle's like... Uncle Jesse, are you going to eat that sausage? He's like, uh, no, I was just blowing it off. Here you go. Like, no, Jesse, just say, yes, honey, I'm eating the sausage. Okay, this is mine. So Jesse had a sausage on a fork in one hand and a piece of toast in the other. So he just gives it to Michelle. See, this is why this child is selfish. You keep giving her stuff. You keep giving in. How many times has she gone up to Stephanie? Stephanie, can I have your cupcake? During Politeness Week, remember that when DJ gets an F on her, and it's called uh, DJ, the one where DJ gets a job. And she's like, oh, Stephanie, can I have your cupcake? And Stephanie's polite. Can I please have your cupcake? And Stephanie's like, no, you may not. And Michelle says, but I was polite and I said, please. And Stephanie's in the right. She's like, well, yeah, I was polite too. I said, no, you may not. So Michelle just grabs a cupcake. I'd be like, Michelle, if you want one, I can get you one, but you're not going to take mine. So Stephanie comes down. She's still in her red checkered, actually, it's a red plaid robe. And she comes down. Danny's like, Steph, why are you ready for school? Why are you dressed for school? And Stephanie's just got a big problem. She's got two clo- uh, pieces of clothing on hangers. She's like, do I go post-preppy chic, which is dressing like Rory Gilmore, who goes to private school, or neo-retro grunge, which it's still the 90s, so flannel was in. It's basically a fuchsia plum white... Um, plaid-looking, sleeveless shirt, which is nice, but it's like, it's the second week of school. I, mm, honestly, if they didn't notice what you were wearing on the first day and it's two weeks in, I really, I get she's really trying here, too. I don't think, people are going to like you for who you are, not how you dress, you know? I mean, dressing nice definitely you know, helps, but, I mean, 
feel for you, Stephanie. I really, really feel for you. I wish I cared more when I was in school about what I was wearing. I wasn't wearing the latest stuff, but that didn't bother me. I could have ran through the halls in my birthday suit and nobody would have cared. I'm going to play this clip. Dad? Steph, why aren't you ready for school? <laughs> Dad, I have a serious problem. Do I go post-perfect chic or neo-retro grunge? Oh, man, when I was starting junior high with my brother's shirts and my father's pants. You know, it may be time to give them back. <laughs> Steph, you have nothing to worry about. You'll look cool no matter what you wear. I don't feel cool. It's been two weeks, and I don't know anyone, and nobody knows me. My homeroom teacher still calls me girl in the back who grinds her teeth. Honey, it's just going to take a little time. You'll make new friends. I hate redistricting. Why'd I get stuck at DiMaggio? Jennifer B. went to Manhattan. Jennifer C. went to Marshall. And Jennifer S. went to Central. That's a lot of junior highs. You guys don't get it. Junior high is all cliques. The brains hang out with the brains, the jocks with the jocks, and that leaves two hall monitors and Lester Herbeck, a six-year-old genius who plays the harp. Stephanie, you are a great kid. You gotta try and relax a little. <clears throat> push so hard. Right, Jess? Yeah, just be cool. And most importantly, don't let them smell your fear. Yeah, wear a lot of perfume. Right. And I'm just thinking back to, um, you know, the back to school blues with DJ starting junior high. At least DJ had Kimmy and Kathy Santoni was there. Stephanie's got nobody. Those three Jennifers that she was friends with, well, we only saw two Jennifers, one of which was played by Daniel Fischel from Estepanga from Boy Meets World. And it's just, they redistricted. There's like three other, other than DiMaggio. Uh, Vanana, which is where DJ went. There's Central. It's just like... Th so there's four different junior highs within a 50-mile, 30, 20-mile radius of each other. And because she's not going to Vanana because they redistricted, which means they changed the, the lines of who's going where. That sucks. Danny, of course, is like, wow, when I was starting junior high, it was my brother's shirts and my father's pants. And I'm just like, this is the first we ever hear of Danny having a brother. We know that he's got a couple sisters, or a sister. One who watched birth cousin Steve, played by Kirk Cameron from season one. And the other one is Wendy, who dated Joey and also was a zoologist who had a chimp named Ginger. Never heard of them. Never hear of this brother again. He doesn't even get a name. But Danny, of course, is giving a, the dad advice. of like, look, Steph, you have nothing to worry about. You'll look cool no matter what you wear. And Stephanie's like, I don't feel cool. It's, it's been two weeks, and I don't know anybody, and nobody knows me. And the homeroom teacher still calls me girl in the back who grinds her teeth. And she explains to them, like, it's all clicks in junior high. The brains with the brains, the jocks with the jocks. The Mean Girls with the Mean Girls, which we'll get to the Mean Girls coming up. Um, and she says that just leaves the hall monitor, or two hall monitors, and Lester, who is the six-year-old genius who plays the harp. Well, would it be so bad to be seen with Lester, the boy genius who plays the harp? 
You might have something in common. I don't... He, he may feel he's, you know, being a child prodigy, he may have all that pressure. You guys might be able to, like, sympathize with one another. Like, Stephanie doesn't know anybody. Lester probably, I don't know what, he may have friends. The popular kids probably snapped him rump right away. It's like, Lester, you're hanging with us because you're six years old. You're a prodigy. You're going to make us look really good. Danny just kind of, you know, uh rubs Stephanie's shoulder like honey it's just gonna take a little time you'll make new friends so Stephanie gets stuck at DiMaggio which is a freaking dump just based on that bathroom alone it's like ew the outside building looks really awesome it's like you wouldn't think it was a dump from the in from the outside outside is just a facade I mean that's just is like pull back the curtain and just see how how bad it is so Jennifer B. went to Van Anna, where's where DJ went. Jennifer C. went to Marshall. Jennifer S. went to Central. So there are four different junior highs. Central, DiMaggio, Marshall, Van Anna. Oh my good golly. Granted, Michelle's like, hey, maybe you'll meet a new Jennifer. Well, uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. When she says uh, Lester Herbeck, the six-year-old genius who plays the harp, you wonder who comes to mind? Little Danny Cooksey from Different Strokes. I could just see him playing Lester Herbeck, who plays the harp, because that boy's also got a really amazing singing voice. But Danny just says, hey, honey, look, just you got to try and relax a little. Don't push so hard. If you feel like you're, tr like, really, like, trying, like, I think that that's going to come off as kind of maybe a little desperate. Just, if you act like you don't have a care, like, well, I don't know, I'm just, you know, being a loner and being myself and just independent, you know? People, I think they're going to flock to you eventually. Just walk around with the I don't care attitude. Like, I don't care. I'm just being me. Jesse's tip, of course, is don't let them smell your fear. And Michelle's like, yeah, wear a lot of perfume. Stephanie's like, I'll send you a postcard from Dorkville. This bathroom is so nasty. I think it rivals some of those uh, restrooms out on the, um, you know, those state public bathrooms that they have out there that you stop at. I was telling my coworker about this when we had stopped, and it's like, you look at one toilet, and you're like, oh, gross, and you keep, like, going, like, down the row of them hoping it gets better and then finally deciding like well I gotta go so I guess I'm just gonna have to suck it up and just uh, not sit on the seat <laughs> but at first I'm like like is it no the water is just normally like because I go to flush I'm like oh the water is supposed to be a weird yellow brown color I guess they have bad water or something there's even a mop in a mop bucket just sitting in a corner there's no paper towel. We see toilet paper, paper towel, what's left of it is on the floor. Everything just looks dingy and grungy and gross. I wouldn't want to use that bathroom, let alone touch anything in that bathroom. That paper towel dispenser is, like, metal and rusted, and it just looks like it'd give you, a te uh, it'd give you tetanus just by looking at it love the white sign with the red text saying keep this area clean it's right above where the paper towel holder is which of course is empty stephanie's got to go to this really grungy 
hand hand dryer, which really looks gross. I wouldn't be touching it. <laughs> and of course, that doesn't work. Well, that's because she doesn't know the trick, which Mickey, who we'll meet in a moment, is going to teach her. So Stephanie's like, well, dang it. I really got to dry my hands. I'm going to be late for class. Ugh. You know, definitely rip this toilet paper out of the stall. And Stephanie is, like, really pulling on it from the bathroom stall, which is, like, five feet away, all the way to where the sinks are. You kept yanking on the roll and just yanking, like, ten feet of toilet paper. And it's like, that's touching the floor and you're going to wash your hands with it. Now, I've been in a position where it's like, there's no toilet, there's no paper towel. I gotta dry my hands. <sighs> Man. Toilet paper. Toilet paper works. You know, it's either that or dry my hands on my pants. Because <laughs> no one wants to walk around with wet hands. Sweetie, how much toilet paper do you need to wash your and dry your hands with? And this is the awkward meeting of Mickey and Stephanie. Mickey is dressed in black and white flannel, long sleeve shirt. She's wearing cut off shorts and she's wearing boots that go all the way up past her knee where there is at least maybe four, three to four inches of skin showing between the bottom of her shorts and the top of those boots. She's also wearing a white shirt that's got the two cherub angel babies, like one is kissing the other on the cheek. It's a black and white picture that's got a fuchsia pink backdrop on it. Oh, we got a handwritten sign on the stall that says, please keep restroom clean. Well, I think that's up to your janitor because that place looks like it needs a makeover big time. There's also, of course, names written on the stall and stuff like that. So I'm going to play Mickey and Stephanie's first meeting. As she looks at Stephanie, this, this amused look on her face, like, <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, the toilet paper? Yeah. yeah. It is pretty complicated. It is toilet pretty paper. Pretty of course when Mickey is like what are you doing Stephanie has just got this ginormous wad of toilet paper in her hand she's like these things should really come with instruction manuals and I remember Mickey like oh toilet paper yeah it's pretty complicated <laughs> rye roll 
And of course, Stephanie's like, complicated. That's a good one. <laughs> okay, excuse me. I gotta go. She is like, this is an older girl, clearly. Like, oh, you're in seventh grade, right? And Mickey's like, yeah, you're in sixth grade. And Stephanie's like, yeah. Um, what what tipped you off? Could could you smell my fear? And Mickey's like, well, no. I mean, your books are covered, so. That's how you smell a newbie. That's how you smell a see a sixth grader. You can tell them apart because their books are covered in blue with a two small lines of horizontal or, or lines going across the front of the book of orange and yellow. Are those the school colors of DiMaggio? The DiMaggio or DiMaggio? I don't know. Mickey is a pretty girl. I really, I like her. I don't wear earrings, but she's got just the right amount of blush on her cheeks, a nice shade of lipstick, and everything like that. When Mickey introduces herself to Stephanie, she shakes, Stephanie shakes her hand. I love how Stephanie's playing it old school. She goes straight for the handshake, which, you know, I've done that too when meeting people. It's just, it's very... Maybe old-fashioned, professional. It's just, it's old school. That's that's how I do it. You know, you, you shake a person's hand when you meet them. That's a sign of, I think it's a sign of respect. Of course, Stephanie is shaking Mickey's hand while it's still wet after being freshly washed with soap and water. Mickey looks at her hand all covered in uh, soap residue and water like oh yeah thanks for that as she goes over to dry her hand Stephanie's like oh um I would it's broken and Mickey's like <laughs> you just don't know how to do it right here turn it up to the right a little bit just like a locker combination smack it boom hand dryer's working Stephanie's like oh wow that's cool let me try and as soon as she goes over there it's like dryer just cuts right off like apparently it doesn't like you stephanie <laughs> yeah i'm surprised that when um S mickey says my name is mickey i'm i'm surprised that stephanie didn't make a mickey mouse joke i i mean there's an opening there for a, a mickey mouse joke like oh like mickey mouse like uh what no <laughs> so like mickey mantle uh, no <laughs> it mickey could be short for like maybe michaela or something like that I'm sure that her mother did not name her Mickey. So we'll just think of her as, like, Michaela. I think that's a cute name. And it looks like it would suit her. Alright, now we're going to go to Plot B. What is the Teen Talk versus Yakety Yacking with Youth <laughs> uh, debate here. This is clearly going to be after school because DJ, Kimmy, and Steve are all there. The name of the radio station is KL... KFLH Radio FM 95.6. That's a six. Okay. 95.6. So Joey is talking about the new segment, which they are going to come back with after a commercial or music. Starting a new segment where kids call in and tell their problems. And they do have three actual living breathing teenagers who will be able to help the teens with their problems and make them feel more comfortable instead of asking their problems to adults and there's an infomercial or a commercial radio commercial from zits no more my teeny that is an interesting name is that a brand name that is a long brand name if that is the case 
All right, so I'm going to play this clip as Steve, Kimmy, and DJ all file in. This is something new to them. They've never done it before. They're all in this learning process together. <laughs> hey, Rush Hour Renegades will be right back with a new segment where kids call in and tell us uh, about their problems. Right, right after this message from Zits No More My Teeny. <laughs> DJ, Kimmy, and Steve's advice to this not at all sound, uh, this is the oldest 14-year-old I've ever heard in my life. He sounds more like he's maybe 18 to 22 years old, not at all 14-year-old. I mean, I was 14. I went to school with 14-year-old boys. They definitely did not sound like they were at least 18. That boy's voice changed a long time ago. <laughs> Anyway, I want to kind of break down this scene before we get to uh, DJ Kimmy and Steve's advice to young Randy here about the homework issue. So Joey is the one that comes up with the teen talk name, and Jesse is the one that comes up with the title I hate, which is Yacking with the Youth. You want to know that makes me think yak, like a yak, or yacking, like, <coughs> like that. Yeah, I don't like it. It's gross. Plus, youth can be applied to not just teenagers, but children as well, so. Just call it teen talk. And guys, this segment never comes back either. I'm sure they, uh, they cut this from the lineup of their, um, radio show duties and stuff. This segment was just like, <coughs> like, it's no good. So did you guys clear this possible name of the show? I don't think they did. Like, hey... Joseph, I thought that we agreed the name's going to be Yacking with Youth. A youth, like, comes on the, and we yak with them. And it's like, no. And then they get into this big banter. 
Of course, Joey's like, hey, that's not fair. You got to name everything. Our old ad agency. It's like, it was J&J Creative Services. Got you both your names start with J. That makes perfect sense. He's like, and Nikki and Alex. And Jesse just looks at Joey like, yeah, I'm their father. And of course, Joey's like, well, I would have liked to have been consulted. It's like, well, technically, Jesse got to pick a name for one of the twins. And Becky got to choose the other. Which I think, honestly, if you're having twins... Maybe that's kind of cool if you do that. Like, each spouse gets to pick a name for a twin because you each took part in created those, creating those lives. So you each should get to choose. They don't always have to match. They don't always have to start with the same letter. So Steve is really excited. He's like, wow, I can't believe I'm going to be on the radio. I mean, how's my voice sound? Should I do it like a, Luke, I am your father. <sighs> I can't. I know, that sounded really creepy, didn't it? Like, <laughs> DJ's like, oh, Steve, no, honey, your voice, your normal voice is much sexier. So just use that, okay? He's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> All right, real quick, on the door, there is Bay City Cabs um, sticker on the door. It's pretty large. It's red and black with yellow print there's a bumper sticker that says i love kflh there's a please handle all the records with care they are personally owned thank you there's a big yellow sign just underneath on the side of the door there there's also an emergency push button on the desk which is probably important if there's an emergency Guys, you don't need to be getting into a debate of what you call the show. If it hasn't been cleared by the radio station, it's not a real title. So the sound guy, or whoever it is, comes in with a clipboard and says, Hey, you guys got your first caller. His name is Randy. He's 14. He's got a problem with homework. So let's take our next call. You mean your first ever call? Yeah. So, wow, Randy, you must have money coming out of the wazoo, because he's been paying a buddy of his to do his homework since first grade and now that guy's moving away like ooh. okay hold on a second if he's paying the guy to do the homework how is randy passing tests in class because you're not going to have the guy come in and take the tests for you i agree with the looks that steve dj and kimmy are giving jesse and joey it's like you guys are being very unprofessional He's asking a homework uh, question here, and you're all, ding talk, yakin' with yield, ding talk, yakin' with yield. It's like, stop, 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 stop. That guy would have hung up and said, I don't know what this is or what I called into, but you didn't help me. So, Jesse is like, all right, DJ, why don't you handle Randy's little problem while I step outside with my partner here? And they start yelling at each other out in the hallway. I agree with Joey. Yakking with Youth is the stupidest, dumbest title I've ever heard in my life. There is a wanted poster. It's between Steve's head and DJ's head. It says wanted for murder someone named Harris. So I'm going to play this clip as DJ, Steve, and Kimmy, or is it just DJ that kind of helps Randy with the issue? Because she's got the same thing going on, has had it since... 
you know, she and Kimmy were in school together. Kimmy's always been copying DJ's homework and has never really learned to do her own homework. Like, she kind of takes advantage of DJ's smarts and just kind of writes the coattails of DJ's intelligence there, which is why, of course, Kimmy didn't get into college when DJ got accepted to Berkeley instead of Stanford, which is her end-all, be-all school, Stanford. And apparently the whole state of colleges in California rejected Kimmy. Uh, Randy, are you still there? Yeah. Well, I think your best bet is to try and do your own homework. I let this friend of mine copy my homework for years, and she became intellectually deficient. What does that mean? I'm going to call Howard Stern and see what he says. DJ's got the right advice. Like, Randy, I really think you need to be doing your own homework. And she says, yeah, I let my friend copy my homework for years, and she became intellectually deficient. And, of course, Kimmy's like, what does that mean? Like, Case in point, proven right there. Randy's like, you know what, I'm going to call Howard Stern and see what he says. I don't know, did teenagers call? Did they call into Howard Stern? Are they broadcasting dead air? Because Randy left, and Kimmy's like, uh, this is the radio, shouldn't we say something? Hey, this is the radio, shouldn't we say something? Um, yeah, uh, um, uh, Luke, I am your father. So, of course, Steve just grabs the mic like, here, let me uh, do my Darth Vader impression. We come back to the house, it's clearly after school, we got Michelle and Aaron, not Teddy, because Teddy is in Amarillo right now. Is he still in Amarillo? Let me look. Yes, he is still in Amarillo at this point. This is episode five of season seven. Teddy is not making his return until episode 21. Be your own best friend. So now she has to suffer with poor, with Aaron Bailey. Oh my God. And Danny is doing Aaron's mom a solid because apparently Aaron's last babysitter is twitching and... Until she stops twitching, she can't take care of Aaron. Um, wow, Aaron, you are right up there with Bart Simpson, buddy. You have, uh, nobody can watch you. I'd say hand him off to the Kagan family. Remember Brian Kagan? Oh my god, he'd fit right in with him. Stephanie's, uh, uh, second grade friend who is teasing poor little Walter. So Aaron, of course... As soon as he opens his mouth, it's to complain. God, I'm hungry. I hope you have something better than that healthy junk you had yesterday. I'm like, Aaron, do you know what house you're currently in? Danny Tanner's house. You're going to get your ants on a log with the celery and the peanut butter and the raisins. And you're going to eat it. But he can't have that because I'm allergic to raisins. Whenever I eat raisins, my lips blow up and I can't talk. Danny's like, raisins it is! <laughs> Great. <laughs> Aaron, I cannot believe this. I'm sorry, but when you're at somebody's house, you don't just strictly walk yourself over to their fridge and start rifling through it. No, you asked me. He just goes right over to the fridge. And this is where Danny comes down with, hey, Michelle, how's it going with Aaron? And Michelle just looks at Danny, rolls her eyes, like, how does it look like it's going? Ugh. 
The fact that she even has anything to do with Aaron because, like, hey, remember preschool? Yeah, remember when you pinched me and you ate my animal cracker? Yeah, I still remember that, Aaron. And I will never forget. So I'm guessing that Aaron's parents are divorced because Danny's, you know, helping out Aaron's mom. I believe Aaron's dad is, he's got to be like a pilot or something because Aaron, in the Don't Touch the Dinosaur episode, Aaron mentioned something about his dad looking through a telescope and seeing uh, stewardess, stewardess um, lying by a swimming pool. So whether he's a pilot or he travels for his work or he's just a big giant pervert, which judging by um, Aaron's terrible bad behavior, he clearly looks like he comes from a broken home. His attitude. I'm not saying that about you know all children that come from different... You know, it's just, Aaron just gives up. He's got that vibe, you know? He just, I don't know. Yeah, his regular babysitter stopped until uh, his regular babysitter stops twitching. What's wrong with her? Aaron, what did you do to your babysitter? Oh, Aaron, we cut to the fridge as Aaron slams the door like, this fridge is a joke. It's bone dry. There's no ho-hos, no nutty buddies. Really, you keep ho-hos and nutty buddies in the freezer? Or, or, excuse me, the refrigerator? I only keep candy in the refrigerator from the months of, like, June through August. Because if I keep it in the cupboard, if I keep it in one of the drawers, it's gonna melt. And actually, surprisingly, when I would put gummy bears in, like, I eat the Haribo gummy bears, and, um, when I put them in the fridge, they taste really good. I mean, I like them soft and stuff, but also, uh, they taste good. They're solid. They're not too hard. Danny's all about the recycling. We got cans, a container, a baby blue container that says cans. We got a red container underneath that that says plastic, and a green one on the very bottom for glass products. No ding-dongs, no ho-hos, no nutty buddies. It's bone dry. And Danny's like, I have raisins. And Aaron's like, I'm allergic to raisins. My lips blow up and I can't talk when I eat raisins. And Danny's like, well, raisins it is. And Aaron just gives him, like, this death look. I love how Aaron just puts his, his fists on his hips and just glares at Danny. Don't you dare give me raisins. I'll let you have an EpiPen for me. I mean, that's kind of bad. Like, if his lips swell up to the point where he can't talk, and that's probably got to be very painful. So Stephanie comes home, and who is with her but her new friend, Mickey. She's probably like, look, my dad will get off my case about making new friends if you actually show up with me. So can you please do me a solid, and that way it looks like I do have a friend. Thanks. And she comes in talking to Mickey, like, oh, he's so cute, and his locker's right next to mine. She says, I can smell his gym socks. So Danny gets up, like, oh, hi, and Stephanie's like, yeah, Dad, this is my new friend, um, Mickey, from school. And Danny is like, a new friend! Oh, honey, see, I told you if you just held out, you would make a friend. You just put yourself out there that you would make a friend. Danny just goes like, oh, what did I tell you, Steph? See, this is a great occasion. Any friend of Stephanie's is a friend of mine. And and Stephanie, meanwhile, is like doing the uh, hand motion across the throat, like... <laughs> And Danny's like, well, I guess my time is up. 
He says, any friend of Stephanie's is a friend of mine and the family. It's like, whoa, whoa, you don't, Mickey, you don't know what you're signing up for, sweetie. <laughs> like, what? So Danny asks, hey, Mickey, can I get you anything? And she's like, how about a note to get me out of gym tomorrow? I'm like, oh, Mickey, 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 Mickey. That's how you, uh, <laughs> yeah, if, you, you want to lead with that impression, do you? Okay, oh, well. <laughs> She's got gumption, I'll give her that much. <laughs> yeah, um, when I would meet um, a friend's parent for the first time, I definitely was very shy. <laughs> but I surely would not come off like, hey, you want to do me a solid and get me a note to get me out of gym tomorrow? Danny right away whirls around on her and just kind of looks at her like he's seeing her for the first time. And she's like, I'm kidding. I write my own notes. Girls just kind of laugh at this. And Danny just looks at her like, really? So Stephanie is just, not the fact that just that she made a friend, but she made a friend who's in the seventh grade, which is, if you make an older friend in school, that's amazing, right? I mean, it almost feels like it gives you a little bit of like power. Like, I know somebody who's older than me. Like, how wild is that? Granted, in Mickey's case, it's like, oh, you made friends with a sixth grader and you're in seventh grade? Okay. <laughs> but Mickey's got some tricks up her sleeve because she showed Stephanie how to get free donuts from the teacher's lounge. Yeah! Donuts? Okay, I want to be Mickey's friend. Mickey, you show me how to get free donuts from the teacher's lounge. Um, granted, I am a full-fledged adult, and I don't think I'd even be able to set foot in that school without uh, having a security guard ask me why I'm there. Yeah. I wouldn't even be able to set foot in my own school anymore without um, someone demanding to know, why are you here? Are you picking up a child? You don't have a child here? You're just here to visit? I don't think so. Goodbye. And Danny's like, really? Like, okay, he clearly can see there is a smidge of an influence that Stephanie, Mickey's clearly taken Stephanie under her wing and is teaching her all the ways of how to um, work the system to her advantage. She's clearly probably been doing this for a while, so she's most likely an old pro. So Stephanie is like, oh, Oh, not Stephanie. I'm sorry. Uh, Michelle's like, hey, do you guys want to play a game with us upstairs? So Mickey turns with a raised eyebrow like, hmm, interesting. And Stephanie immediately shuts it down like, Michelle, give me a break, okay? We're in junior high now. We don't hang out with the little elementary school students. And of course, Michelle's like, she doesn't whisper to Aaron. She says it out loud specifically. To get back at stuff Like, yesterday, nobody would even talk to her. Aaron just shrugs his shoulders as they walk away. Like, oh, okay. Great. I don't know why you're telling me that. So, Stephanie, of course, turns around. has got this nervous, like, <laughs> I'll get her later. Mickey's got this look of embarrassment. Like, oh, I feel sorry for you, Stephanie. So, Stephanie is so eager to keep Mickey there. She's like, hey, Dad, can Mickey stay for dinner? And Danny's like, well, of course she can. I mean, if that's okay with her mother. And Mickey's like, well, I would, but it's my turn to make dinner for me and Janet. And Danny's like, oh, your sister? And Mickey's like, well, no, my mother. 
Uh, oh boy. <laughs> Mickey is just coming off in not a great light here in Danny's eyes. So Mickey excuses herself and gets out of there. And Danny kind of just watches her leave, turn, looks at Stephanie like, uh, he calls her mother Janet. Stephanie right away jumps in with like, yeah, isn't she cool, Danny? And Danny just looks at her like, uh, excuse, what did you just call me? And Stephanie's like, uh, dad. <laughs> Honestly, in the way that Mickey seems in Danny's eyes, like, I think Mickey makes Kimmy Gibbler look that much more appealing as far as, you know, I've said a lot of things about Kimmy over the years, but honestly, I feel more comfortable if you hung out with somebody like Kimmy as opposed to Mickey, who in my eyes looks like a future felon. I mean, she's writing her own notes, get forging her own notes to get out of gym class, teaching you how to get donuts from the teacher's lounge. What else is she doing? But no, he just says, you know, it seems like Mickey has a little bit of an edge. And Stephanie immediately takes offense, like, an edge? You make it sound like she's a criminal. And Danny's like, well, no, I mean, I didn't say that. And, of course, Stephanie is right on the defend defending Mickey when she really doesn't know that much about her other than what Mickey gives her at face value. And Stephanie is, like, defending Mickey, like, but that's what you think. That's what you're thinking, aren't you? And she's like, great, I finally find a friend and you hate her. And Danny's like, well, I don't hate her. And she's like, well, you don't like her. And he's like, I don't even know her. And technically neither do you. And Stephanie's like, well, whatever you think about her, you're wrong, all right? You're wrong. And she just leaves. Wow, this got heated really fast. And Danny is the whole time that Stephanie is just jumping down his throat. It's just looking at his daughter like, whoa, whoa, sweetie, I uh, definitely opened uh, the wrong, okay, okay, I, I give, I, I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't have cried. I'm hungry. I hope you have something better than that healthy chunk you had yesterday. Hey, Michelle? How's it going with Aaron? longer. I just, I promised his mom I'd, you know, I'd help her out until his regular babysitter stops twitching. This bridge is a joke. No ding-dongs, no ho-hos, no nutty buddies. It's bone dry. I have raisins. I'm allergic to raisins. My lips blow up and I can't talk my raisins. Raisins it is then. He's so cute. That sock is right next to mine. I can smell his gym socks. <laughs> hey, hey. Hey, Dad. This is a friend of mine, Mickey, from school. A new friend. Well, what did I tell you? It's nice to meet you. This is a great occasion. I just want you to know any friend of Stephanie's is a friend of mine. And okay, family. Dad. <laughs> well, I see my time is up. Mickey, can I get you anything? How about a note to get me out of gym tomorrow? I'm kidding. I write my own notes. <laughs> really? It's at Mickey's in seventh grade. She showed me how to get free donuts from the teacher's lounge. Really? You guys want to play a game with us upstairs? Michelle, we're in junior high. Give me a break. Yesterday, nobody would even talk to her. <laughs> so, Dad, can Mickey stay for dinner? Well, sure. 
make dinner for me and Janet. Your sister? My mother. See ya. Bye, Mickey. Bye-bye. So, uh, she calls her mother Janet? Yeah, isn't she cool, Danny? <laughs> Dad? <laughs> I don't know. It seems to me that Mickey has a little bit of an edge, you know? An edge? Dad, you make her sound like she's a criminal. Well, no, I didn't say that. But that's what you're thinking, aren't you? Great, I finally find a friend, and you hate her. I don't hate her. Well, you don't like her. I don't even know her. But you think you do, and you're wrong. Whatever you think about her, you're wrong. <laughs> All right, so now we are back at DiMaggio. It's, what, the next day? Or later in the week? I don't know, but... Um, we're back in the bathroom. We don't go outside of this bathroom in the school. It, everything takes place in this bathroom. Mickey is there showing Stephanie how to apply makeup, which Stephanie is clearly a newbie because she's Mickey's like, oh, do you like this shade? And Stephanie's like, yeah, I use it all the time. As she goes to touch up her eyebrows, and Mickey's like, oh, well, it's actually for your lips. <laughs> Stephanie plays it off like, oh, yeah, I know. I was just seeing if it was sharp. Really, is that why you had it up to your eyebrow and not your eyeball? All right, here we go. We got the trio of girls. We got Gia, who's wearing an army surplus jacket over a black top that is over a white top. And she's got stretchy white leggings that go just above the knees. She's wearing your typical black shoes with white socks. We got um, the girl who was in a Barry Brady sequel as Miss Cummings' daughter, also in Seinfeld's The Couch episode. She's wearing a denim long sleeve button-up with pale white-blue jeans with large rips across the knees. We got another girl who is got a lot of blush on, dark mauve colored lipstick. She's kind of a dirty blonde and she's got a blue short sleeve shirt. She's got a flannel blue and white long sleeved shirt wrapped around her waist and she's wearing black shoes. We got Gia of course has also, she's wearing a necklace, a choker. She's also kind of got dirty blonde hair as well. So here's Gia. This is what she comes in with. So I said that is the this is bleh. that is the worst. Okay, wait a minute. We got a problem with the subtitles here. It says so. I said that is the worst fake idea I ever saw. Uh, she clearly says ID, not idea. It does sound like she says idea, but it. So, I mean, why would you fake idea? It sounds more like she's trying to say ID, but adds EA at the end. I don't know. But I'm going to play this clip. This is the Stephanie and Gia's first exchange with each other. We also got um, a blonde-haired girl and uh, another person of color here. We have an Asian girl who are holding onto the brooks. And they, as soon as they see these trio of girls come in, they they dash out of their ASAP, ASAP, like, boom, we're out of here. Oh, we don't want any trouble. We gotta get to class. Bye! Do you like this shade? Sure, I use it all the time. 
<laughs> it's for your lips. Oh, I know. I was just seeing if it was sharp. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, that is the worst thing I see I ever saw. <laughs> uh, I better get going. Oh, hang out. Hey, guys, this is Stephanie. This is Kelly, Gia, and Lisa, the guys. That's funny. You don't look like guys to me. <laughs> oh, Steph. Come on. Yeah. You guys check out the God on that new math teacher, Mr. Lucas. What a babe. <laughs> it was the first time I've ever stayed awake in algebra. Mickey's crew because she's like, hey, Stephanie, this is Kelly, Gia, and what's the other one's name again? Kelly, Gia, and Lisa. And right away, the look on Mickey's face when the trio of girls come in, it's almost like Mickey's got this look of, oh no, I've been caught hanging out with the lower classmen. And Stephanie right away is like, I am... This is too much for me. Like, it's cool to hang out. Mickey's like, yeah, I can hang out with you when these girls aren't around. But when they're here, it's like, you got to make yourself scarce. And Stephanie immediately is like, oh, I, I better go. And Mickey's one like, oh, no, hang out. It's cool. I mean, these are the guys, uh, Kelly, Gia, and Lisa. And Stephanie's like, oh, that's funny. You don't look like guys to me. <laughs> And G and 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 Mickey is just like oh oh, oh boy <laughs> like Stephanie come on just I get you nervous and everything but that is like the dumbest thing that could have come out of your mouth you could have just not said anything Stephanie throws her head back and just laughs, laughs it's like oh my god and the girls just like look at her like who is this child. They even kind of, Gia kind of side-eye, kind of gives uh, Mickey a look like, where'd you pick this kid up from? Oh, Mickey's, or not Mickey, I'm sorry, Gia's jacket does say U.S. Army. So I kind of wonder if maybe that could be, because we learn later when we meet Gia's mom that her parents are divorced. I'm kind of wondering, like, maybe that's like her, maybe her dad was like in the army or something at one point, And that's her dad's old jacket, like he left that behind for her. So let me paint you a quick scenario. Okay, let's say you make a friend, right? And you're chummy, you're all good, and then in come these, this person's other regular group of friends. Don't you immediately feel uncomfortable? Like, uh, it was fine when it was just you, but these extra people, this is too much for me. 
And, you know, your your new friend that you made has these other friends. And they all have their inside jokes. And you're just kind of awkwardly standing there like, I don't know. I don't really fit in yet. And you just feel like you're on the outside of the circle. It just makes me think, like, say Stephanie's like a little, like a rabbit. And say that Mickey's kind of like a wolf. And she kind of befriends uh, the Stephanie rabbit and then brings her in and then these other wolves show up and then the rabbit's like I, I kind of want to get out of here I don't want to stay here anymore and the other wolf is like oh no it's cool it's cool don't worry about it don't worry about it it's like she's like trying to like just stay here don't worry I, I don't know where the heck I'm going with this supposed uh, story but uh, <laughs> maybe <laughs> anyway Gia's all like hey guys you check out the bod on that new math teacher Mr. Lucas as she is casually just pulling a pack of ciggies out of her army surplus jacket. Mickey's like, I know what a babe, right? I mean, it's the first time I actually stayed awake in math class. So Gia is passing around the cigarettes. Mickey takes one, per usual is probably what she does. And she hands it out, you know, extends it out to Stephanie. Stephanie pulls one out. Gia probably thinks, well, you're hanging with Mickey, so you clearly must smoke. I mean, why else would she hang out with you, right? And Stephanie's holding the cigarette, and she looks kind of nervously at the other two girls, Lisa and Kelly, and they're just lighting up like it's the most natural thing in the world. Because they're regular smokers, they don't, they're not coughing, they've passed that stage, they've moved on to the, just sucking it down the filter, all the way down, burning it down to the filter surprised one of them isn't making like smoke rings like hey this is I'm so good at this I can make smoke rings Stephanie's looking down at the cigarette almost like because she's got the the filter facing us but now she's actually looking down the tube at like what's inside of it knowing like I put this in my mouth I light it this stuff that's in this tube is going into my body Kelly, and this is the thing I remember from the promo, is that lighter just, boom, that flame right in Stephanie's face. And it's almost like, here I am just holding the cigarette, still undecided whether I'm going to smoke it or not, and boom, this lighter just comes right into my face, and it's like, whoa, that flame is real. But I remember that, and the thing is, I also remember how... I think on, like, when this would air, like, on Nickelodeon in the reruns and stuff, they cut this scene out with her holding the cigarette with the lighter coming right into the frame here. They cut that out and they have her just exiting, like, oh, oh, I gotta go, I can't, I can't do it. I remember the, the flame and the lighter from the promo. And Stephanie just being like, whoa. And, and Stephanie's like, uh, I better not. And Gia, who's got a mouthful of cigarette, is like, how come? And Stephanie's playing off, well, I'm, I'm trying to quit. <laughs> yeah, that's why you're holding a cigarette. You're trying to quit and you're holding a cigarette, yep. Because if you say I'm trying to quit, you should have said that before she even, like, uh, said to take you and, like, oh, I'm trying to quit and just left it at that. But it's like, yeah, right, you're, you're a newbie. You've never smoked a cig in your life. And Stephanie's like, oh, you should have seen my last chest x-ray. It was all black. So instead of just like leaving it at that, like, oh, well, I'm trying to quit, like, oh, okay, whatever, and just continue, you know, the girls continue smoking. No, it's like, why not? And Gia's all like, sixth graders are terminally pathetic. Why? Because they don't want to smoke a cigarette? So the bell rings, luckily enough, and Stephanie's like, oh, no, the bell, we better get going. And the girls are like, oh, oh, the bell, oh, oh. And I gotta hand it 
to Mickey, she does stand up for Stephanie. Like, hey, give her a break. She's a good kid. Because, you know, Mickey sees Stephanie as someone that needs to be taken, you know, put an arm around and, like, you know, lead her into junior into the junior high world complete with, you know, cigarettes and other temptations and everything like that. Like, hey, just back off. She's a good kid. Gia's like, okay, well then fine, Mickey. You go and be a good kid with her. Go to class. And Stephanie's looking back at Mickey, like, with this ultimate look of hurt and betrayal on her face. Like, I thought you were my friend. And Stephanie kind of looks at, you know, almost waiting, like, what is Gia going to, or, uh, excuse me, Mickey going to respond with. Guys, if I've been saying Gia instead of Mickey, I apologize. So, Mickey can't fight the temptation. She's like, just give me a light. Light my cigarette for me. As Stephanie opens the door to head out, of course, they're going to be like, oh, where'd you find that dweeb? And then as the door is slowly closing, you see Mickey laughing with them. Like, oh. So, Stephanie shuts the door and leans against the back of it. Just like, can't believe I was so desperate to make a friend that I had to make a friend like that. I do, I feel for Stephanie. I mean, it's hard. It seems like out of the three girls, Stephanie's is the one. I mean, not that DJ and Michelle don't have their own hardships with certain situations, but Stephanie really seems like things affect her on a more deeper level. Like, she, out of the three girls, I really feel that Stephanie is the most sensitive. Like, DJ seems like the one, like, okay, I've been in a situation, I've dealt with the situation, I've moved, moving forward from it, and kind of letting things go. Where Stephanie is, it really, really bothers her. And she seems to be, like, one that maybe kind of hides her feelings until a family member actually has to sit her down and kind of, like, get the problem out of her and just work through it together. So, Stephanie's sad and depressed. She lost her one and only friend. She goes into her room. We got Aaron and Michelle playing a card game that they're just kind of making up rules as they go along. But Michelle's like, hey, Stephanie, you want to play cards? And she's like, my life, it's come to this. It's like adding insult to injury already. Like, ugh, now i got to resort to playing with seven-year-olds. And I gotta say, I really think Aaron is gonna win Best Outfit of the Episode, because I really like, it's got like an Aztec, like, Western theme going on, and he's got, like, a bolo tie with, like, a Texas, like, um, skull on it, like, of, like, a, a buffalo, not a buffalo, but a, a, a steer. So, remember how in Stephanie and DJ's old room, uh, DJ was on the side of the room with the closet, and Stephanie was on the side, um, on the other side of the little nook bay window thing there, and she had that big toy box. It's really weird seeing that now Stephanie is on the other side of the room, and Michelle, or Stephanie's bed is by the closet, and Michelle's bed is where Stephanie's old bed used to be. But what's even weirder is seeing that the toy box is no longer there. That they have this little tiny, like, white bench seat that looks like that would be a great for someone of Nikki and Alex's size or even maybe Michelle's size to sit on it. But I also like 
the fact that they're still keeping up with Stephanie's interest in ballet as far as just the re- pictures on the on the wall that she has above her bed. So I'm going to play this clip as, like, whatever, I guess I'll play with you because I have no one else to hang with at the moment. And the Aaron and Michelle... Are just like, oh yeah, it's a game. You just, uh, you gotta say happy. You breathe, hold your breath, and pick three cards. And Stephanie's like, what? And Michelle's like, you breathe. Now you have to sing Happy Birthday to the King. And Stephanie's like, what are you talking about? You're making up rules as you go along. And Aaron's all like, getting in Stephanie's face, like, hey, so what? That's how we play. And of course. Stephanie's like, fine, I capture your queen. And he's like, hey, you can't do that. And she's like, I can do whatever I want. There are no rules here. And they start, Aaron and <laughs> Stephanie start getting into an argument and screaming. Aaron's basically screaming in her face. Michelle's trying to be the referee of with the hands in between, like, hey, 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 hey. And this, of course, screaming from this room leads Danny to come and like, what is going on? Okay. You want to play cards? <laughs> question where's your new friend Stephanie and Stephanie's like Michelle I don't know where she is okay I don't keep track of her I don't keep tabs on her 24 7 and of course Michelle's gotta brag about her many many friends and knowing exactly what they're doing at this exact moment in time Denise is at home Derek's at dance class while Sue's at Hebrew school I take it Denise didn't want to come over and hang out with Michelle and Aaron <laughs> Okay, this is really interesting. Listen to this. Um, go back and listen to the clip. While Michelle is discussing who of her friends is at what activity, she says, "What?" It's in the subtitle says, "While school, while Sue Sue is at Hebrew school." It sounds like while and Sue together sounds like she's saying Russell's at Hebrew school which 
it could be Wild Sue's at Hebrew school or it could be Russell's at Hebrew school, but it definitely is like she's got two words smushed together or it could very well be Russell's at Hebrew school and the subtitles got it wrong. I'm just going to play that little short clip again as she's talking about what her friends are doing and listen and see if you can differentiate whether it's Wild Sue's at or Russell's at Hebrew school. I know where my friends are. Denise is at home. Derek's at dance class. Russell's at Hebrew school. Okay, okay. It really sounds like she says Russell's at Hebrew school. Okay, so here are the rules. Apparently, hold your breath and pick three cards. Right away, Stephanie's like, what? And Michelle's like, you breathed. Now you had to say happy, sing happy birthday to the king. Uh, what? And Stephanie's like, Michelle, what are you talking about? This isn't even a real card game. And she's like, you're making it up as you go along. And Aaron, like, jumps in there. We're like, so what? That's how we play. Yeah, Darren, uh, Darren, <laughs> Aaron is wearing, he's got a white bleached skull of a steer, uh, one of those bolo ties. And his shirt is just so cool. It's like light it's like royal blue patches with turquoise patches with zigzag, white zigzag. And just, it's it's the coolest thing in the world. He glowers and glares at Stephanie like, you wanna, you wanna play me, girl? That's how we play. That's our rules. That's what we do. If you don't like it, you can just go away. But it's like, he's like, yeah. So Stephanie decides to make up her own rule, since apparently in this game, which it doesn't even have a title to it, she's like, fine, I capture your queen. And he's like, hey, you can't do that, that's cheating! And she's like, how am I cheating? There's no rules, this game isn't even a real game, so I'm inventing my own rules. And they start screaming... Stephanie's like, this game is stupid, 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 and he's like, cheater, 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 and, and meanwhile, Michelle's in the middle of sitting in the middle between Stephanie and Aaron, and she's like putting her hands in like a referee, like, uh, don't, no, stop, stop, stop. And Danny finally comes in. It's like, hey, the airport just called and complained about the noise. Oh, actually, Michelle's the one who's like, that's cheating. Like, ugh. Right as Danny comes to break it up, you see Aaron, the back of Aaron, and he just slams his fist down on the table. <laughs> like, Aaron's word is law. And Danny is basically asking him... <laughs> The most obvious question, like, honey, if it's a stupid game, then why are you playing it? Because Stephanie's like, they invented a stupid game, and then it's... And, and Danny's like, honey, then why are you playing it if it's so stupid? And, of course, here's another, where's your new friend? And Stephanie's like, I don't know, Dad, I don't know where she is, okay? She's like, why does everyone have to pry into my personal life? He's like, hey, look, I'm a dad. Prying is part of my job description. So, uh, and you've been living in this house for how many years, Stephanie? You know there's no privacy in this house. So, Stephanie's like, forget it. I'm through playing with six-year-olds. And now she's at the table coloring with Nikki and Alex. All right, so Nikki is in the blue. Oh, that's kind of cool. Okay, so Nikki is coloring with a blue crayon. He's wearing blue. Alex is on Stephanie's other side. He's wearing a green shirt and coloring with gr a green 
crayon. I actually colored not too recently, and let me tell you, back in my day, it was probably more comfortable to color, but I color now, and my hand cramps up. Like, I can't do it for very long, and it's like, oh my god, I can't even enjoy coloring anymore. What's wrong with me? I'm only 37. I can't be getting arthritis in my hands already. But then again, I work with my hands on a 40-hour-a-week basis, and I can imagine, yeah, all the... I even have trouble holding a hardcover heavy book without my hand cramping up. It's like, oh my god. Goodness, I still have my nook, right? But still, I have all these hardcover books and all these paperback books. And when they're like four or five hundred pages long, or even over three hundred, it's like that is a lot of like hold it in one hand and I'm reading it, or I'm holding it in two hands, and it's just my fingers just cramp. They got two large boxes of crayons. They're not Crayola ones, they're just average, like probably Rose Art, you know, the really crappy ones. Crayola is the way to go, definitely, but they get, there's so many different types of shades of red, shades of orange, shades of yellow and pink and blue and so many shades of blue and purple and red and orange and oh my gosh. Sometimes I gotta like um, check to see like which shade I want to use by just doing a little color test, a little dash on a page. Because I don't want it to be like I was um, coloring Raja the tiger from Aladdin. And um, I just wanted to get you know the right shade of orange kind of like close to what he looks like in the movie in the picture that I had gotten of you know him from the internet. And I'm just like, there are like six different shades of orange, and I gotta get the right one. And she, and she said, well, stay inside the lines. And immediately, Nikki just starts like turning the crayon in circles. And Stephanie's like, well, you stayed inside the page. <laughs> so, Stephanie takes a white crayon that... Definitely looks like it's been worn down and a little bit of the paper has been worn away. And she kind of uses it like a cigarette. Like, hey guys, check this out. And she starts like pretending to puff on it. And they both look at her like, that's bad, Steffi. That's yucky. And she's like, huh. two-year-olds are terminally pathetic. Like imitating Gia's voice. She's like, hey guys, what do you think? As she pretends to, you know, take a puff on this crayon cigarette. Pretty cool, huh? And of course, Alex is like, bad, Steffi. So it sounds like Nikki says, it's yucky, but the subtitles say exactly. That kid doesn't know what exactly is. I don't think he can say it. He'd say yucky. No two-year-old is saying exactly. She says preschoolers are terminally pathetic. Well, they're not in preschool yet. They're toddlers. So I was kind of wondering the fact that she's sucking on a crayon or have they seen somebody lighting up and like, ew, that's ucky. I mean, are two-year-olds, can they grasp the concept of, you know, smoking cigarettes? Nobody in that house smokes cigarettes. Don't tell me they do. So I'm going to play this clip. Hey, Nikki, you done with the blue? <laughs>
<laughs> Fake smoke. Steph, thanks for watching the boys. <laughs> so much easier going down the cookie aisle without four extra arms shooting out of the cart. Sure, I could watch them every day. Well, wouldn't you rather be with your new friend from school? Please, Aunt Peggy. Could you just not talk about friends or school? Oh, Steph, I remember junior high. It can be pretty tough. <laughs> it was tough for you, too? Oh, sure. I remember coming home crying when I came in second for Winter Princess. <laughs> okay. You actually cried over that? Well, yeah. <laughs> Had a ride on the little float with only one snowflake attended. <laughs> Not a great example. Not really. But if there's something you want to talk about, maybe I can help. Well, I don't think so. Well, if you ever do think so, I'm here for you. Thanks, Aunt Peggy. You're welcome. Oh, they emptied those out pretty fast. What did you do? What's that? So Becky comes in with four cloth bags of some groceries. Because, you know, she probably buys food, maybe not for the family, but for her, Jesse, and the boys. I love how when Becky comes in, Stephanie is, like, waving away that fake crayon smoke. <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> And Becky, you know, thanks Stephanie for watching the boys. And she said it's a lot easier to go shopping in the cookie aisle when there are four extra sets of hands, like, grasping out of the cart and just pulling cookies from the shelves into the cart on top of themselves. Because, come on, I'm sure they would. Because they're babies. The cookie, 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 I want cookie. So Stephanie volunteers to watch them every day, and Becky's like, oh, well, that's nice of you, but wouldn't you rather hang out with your friends or your new friend? Everyone in this family knows that Stephanie's got a new friend or had a new friend. They don't know that Mickey now ditched her for her, her crew. She went back to her crew of chain-smoking 13-year-olds. So Stephanie really shuts that down, like, please, Aunt Becky, could you not talk about friends or school? And Becky, of course, imparts some wisdom here that really doesn't help Stephanie. In fact, Stephanie kind of rolls her eyes at this example. Like, oh, Steph, I remember junior high. It can be pretty tough. I remember coming home crying when I came in second for Winter Princess. And Stephanie's like, really? You cried over second place and you bawled your eyes out? I mean, I know it's sad, but you placed second, Becky. That's not bad. Imagine who probably placed third. It's going to have it even rougher than you if they even had a third place winner. And she's like, yeah, well, I had a small little float that I had and, and, and one snowflake attendant. And it's just she, Becky's like yeah that, I guess that's not a very good example is it like it really isn't and she's like well honey do you want to talk to me? you can talk to me if there's something going on and Stephanie was like well I but then Stephanie again she shuts down and it's like mm, I, I'll be all right so I get it that maybe talking to someone at home is it's a bit too personal for her so she figures I disguise my voice and get advice from an outside source that this might be more helpful little I mean does she know about I mean it's Jesse and Becky's Jesse and Becky's Jesse and Joey's radio station that she calls into and the only way she figures is to disguise her voice 
does a pretty good job. I, I, I kind of like her, her impression of, you know, Olga, this, uh, this alias that she takes on. So, in season six, Becky's hair was kind of a reddish brown. In here, it looks like it's come back to, like, a honey golden blonde brown hair. Which, if that's a thing, I maybe it isn't. I kind of bet anything, Stephanie's feeling that if she does talk to Becky, you know that everyone knows that Stephanie's got a new friend, right? She says this to Becky. Becky's going to go immediately go to Danny and... That is the last person she, she probably feels like, if I tell my dad, he's going to be so angry with me and yell at me. But if I tell him Becky and she goes to Danny, Danny's going to come and ask, why didn't I go to him first? Because you know, as soon as she tells Becky, everybody in that house is going to know. And then Stephanie, that's not how she wants to present the situation. So, Stephanie leaves, like, thank you, Aunt Becky. And... Becky turns on the kitchen table. The boys have scattered all four bags, which are nowhere in sight. We got, they're sitting there with bags of lettuce, tomatoes, and of course the Barnum's animal crackers, which now actually don't have them. If you go into a store now for Barnum's crackers, they have them not in cages anymore. They're like in the jungle on some sand or something. But back in the 90s, and for the longest time, and when I had animal crackers, they were in cages. So this is pre-Barnum Circus Animals being released. So she oh, you boys, what did you do? And of course, Nikki hands her an animal cracker as an offering. Like, here, I'll give you one. That way you won't be mad at me. <laughs> and she gives him on the face. Oh, Again, now we cut back to KFLH, and Jesse and Joey will not give up the ghost when it comes to this debate of Teen Talk versus Yakking with Youth. And Stephanie, I, we've been talking about Stephanie for so long that uh, it's hard to break away from that. Um, DJ says, you guys are acting like babies. And Jesse finally is like, you know what? DJ is right. It really matter what we call the show. And Joey's like, eh, of course not. And Jesse's like, well, yakking with the citizens and you don't really care. So they're going, teen talk, yak, 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 yak. Oof. So Steve's like, hey guys, cut it out, right? There's a very simple way to settle this. We're all part of the show, right? Shouldn't we all get a vote? There's five of them there. So the vote would be pretty, it'd be easily one either who wants what. So, Kimmy's like, hey, you could do do what we do at the Gibbler house, and here's all that you'll need to solve this problem. We'll need some masks, tights, and a steel death cage. Like, what? <laughs> what? 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 You're... Whenever Kimmy mentions her house, her family, the images that just go through my mind is just, like, so frightening. So scary. And DJ's just looking at Kimmy like... Remind me why I'm friends with you again? <laughs> or, like, wow, now I know I never go over to your house. <laughs> and, of course, Steve's like, well, interesting plan, Kimmy, but I was thinking of an even simpler solution. Why don't we just all vote on it? Oh, Jesse's like, that's a great idea, Steve. Nice hair, by the way. Like, ugh, you're already trying to suck in his vote. Alrighty, guess who likes yakking with youth? It's not DJ, it's not Steve, it's Kimmy. And Jesse's like, oh, well, thank you, Kimberly. I've always liked you since day one. And Joey's like, all right, well, everyone in favor of uh, teen talk.
talk. Raise your hand. Steve raises his hand. I'm raising my hand, but my vote doesn't count. Um, he's like, well, thank you, Steven. So the deciding factor is down to DJ. She's like, well, uh, honestly, both titles are pretty lame. <laughs> and they kind of look at her like, oh, really? Like, even mine? Like, yes, Jesse, especially yours is terrible. I mean, Yak makes me think of, a, like, my cat Quinn coughing up a hairball. It's gross. And this is where Kim is like, uh, Bert, Ernie, your switchboard is lighting up, and they got a new caller, so let's hear, uh, this new caller who's got an actual question. Ernie, your switchboard is lighting up. Oh, all right, all right. Hey, we're back. I guess you already knew that. Uh, our next caller is a girl named Olga. She's a junior high school student. Olga, go ahead. Uh, I am junior high student, um, new to America. My problem is a, a group of new friends uh, wants for me to uh, smoke what you call uh, cigarettes. <laughs> well, Olga, did you do it? Uh, almost, but no. Well, Olga, in, in our country, almost but no is uh, thumbs up ski. <laughs> thumbs up ski for you, maybe, Mr. Radio Man. But I want for this girl to like me. Well, I think that if you have to smoke in order to be our friend, she's not a real friend. That's right. A true friend likes you for who you are and how much money you have. Kimmy. Come on. Uh, um, you know, from, from a guy's point of view, Olga, kissing a girl who smokes is like kissing an ashtray. What ashtray have you been kissing lately? Uh, well, actually, my Aunt Ethel. You know, I, I love her and all, but she smokes so much, her Dalmatian's all black. Are you kissing her on the mouth? Jesse brings up the next caller, which is a girl named Olga. She's a junior high student. So the subtitles say Steph in Russian accent. And she says, I am new to junior high I am junior high student new to America. And I say Jody Sweeten doesn't alright. I mean I wouldn't have guessed Russian, but Yeah, it's a good accent. You get, the audience laughs when we cut to Stephanie on the phone. And she says, my problem is a group of new friends want to get me to smoke. So, yeah, they want her to smoke cigarettes. And I'm just thinking, well, technically the only one who really wants to be her friend is, is Mickey. And the other girls are just hassling her for not smoking. But I cannot see Gia and those two other girls wanting to be Stephanie's friend. I think it's more of the fact that... 
Stephanie is desperate to cling to her friend, her newly found friendship with Mickey, that she figures in order to keep this friendship with Mickey, I have to smoke to fit in with her to be able to hang out with the other girls. Like in order for me to Mickey to be a want to be around me, I have to smoke. Like no, she never. And the thing is, the other girls are ragging on Stephanie. Mickey says nothing, really, as far as... She doesn't say, oh, come on, Steph, it's okay. But Joey asks, like, well, Olga, did you do it? And, of course, Steph, as Olga, is like, oh, well, almost, but no. And Jesse's like, well, almost, but no in our country means good for you. And I love the reaction that we're getting from Steve, DJ, and, and Kimmy. It's just they're really, they have concerned looks on their faces. Like, this isn't a homework problem. This is a child, a kid that's being tempted to do something that they don't feel comfortable with. And even Kimmy's look is just like, wow, this is, this is serious. Oh, Jesse says, well, Olga, in our country, almost but no is thumbs up ski. And, of course... Stephanie is Olga says, well, thumbs up, Ski, for you, Mr. Radio Man, but I want for this girl to like me. Finally, DJ is the one to jump in here and says, I think, Olga, I think if you want to smoke in order to be her friend, she's not a real friend. Oh, she says, if you, I think that if you have to smoke in order to be her friend, she's not a real friend. Granted, of course, Kimmy jumps in here with, that's right, a true friend likes you for who you are and how much money you have. And it's like, Kimmy, seriously. So, of course, Steve chimes in with the guy's point of view. It's like, look, Olga, from a guy's point of view, kissing a girl who smokes is like kissing an ashtray. And DJ kind of looks at Steve like, okay, what ashtray have you been kissing lately? And he's like, well, no, I mean, my aunt, uh... He's like, oh, well, my aunt Ethel. I mean, I love her and all, but she smokes so much, her Dalmatian's all black. Like, oh my gosh. Can you imagine that? That poor dog's coat is filling with all the chemicals and tar to the point where it's now soaking into that dog's skin and fur. A Dalmatian, you know, you know they're white with black spots. And it's like, that is not healthy. That poor dog. Get that dog out of that house. So Joey, of course, goes the comedy route when he's like, Olga, you know, you sound like you have a nice voice. You don't want to smoke. Otherwise, you'll sound like Yosemite Sam with a cactus caught in his throat. So Joey proceeds to do a Yosemite Sam, like, oh, I hate that rabbit. <laughs> or however. And we come back to Stephanie's expression. It's just like, almost like, what? <laughs> with an eye roll, like, oh, Joey. And Jesse pretty much just sums it up like what Cartoon Breath over here is trying to say is that, you know, smoking is, is just not cool, so don't do it, okay? He says, so stick to your guns, and most importantly, enjoy our country. So, Jesse cuts the call off, and then DJ explains to him, like, see guys, does it really matter what you call the show? I mean, the important thing is, we helped someone out today, which is the point of the show to begin with. And, and and Joey finally is like, you know, DJ's right. It was stupid getting into this whole competitive thing. And Jesse's like, yeah, I mean, guys, and I'm sorry to you guys, too. I mean, you, ha you had to listen to us back and forth. And I, that's not fair to you guys to make you take sides. But, of course, we get back into the competitiveness as Jesse's like, hey, you know what? After the show, I'm going to buy you guys pizza. 
And then Je- Joey's like, you know what? After pizza, I'm going to take you all bowling. And then Jesse's like, hey, after bowling, we'll get ice cream. All the toppings you want. And they're like, and Steve, DJ, and Kim are like, you know what? Why don't we get out of here and get our own pizza without these two bumble bumbles? <laughs> and Jesse's like practically flashing his wallet like, hey, I got cash. And Joey says, oh, Joey even says at one point like, hey, socks, anyone need socks? And Je- Jesse says to Joey, Joey, no, they don't need socks. Socks? I mean, what? Oh, they, no, those kids bust out. I'm like, let's get out of here like ASAP and leave you boys here arguing. Okay, so when Jesse says, I got cash, and Joey says, I got Cougarans, I looked up what that was, and it says, let me find it here. Where is it? Oh, hold on. I just took a picture of it. Here it is. Boom. Um, wait, that's for the other thing. Hold on. The Krugerand is a South African coin first minted on July 3rd, 1967 to help market South African gold and produced by Rand Refinery in the South African Mint. By 1980, the Krugerand accounted for 90% of the global gold coin market. Okay. Apparently in 1985, the Cougarand was the coin, um, the U.S. was the coin's largest market in 1985. All right. Well, at least we know what it is. So Stephanie's pacing in a room like she's really, she doesn't know what to do and how to handle the situation. Danny comes up, knocks at the door, asks Steph how she's doing. And of course, Steph is like, is good. I mean, I'm fine. So, Danny was listening to the radio show, and honestly, you know, he knows his daughter's voices, so he, he was able to pick up on that. And she, oh, you heard me? He's like, yeah, and I'm glad I did. Honey, I, I knew something was wrong with you, but I wasn't sure what it was. I mean, you weren't talking to me. This is a good talk between Danny and Stephanie, and I'm going to play this clip, and then I'm going to kind of go over it afterwards. Hey, Steph. How's it going? It's good. I mean, uh, fine. Olga. So it was you on the radio, huh? You heard me? Yeah. Steph, I'm glad I did. I knew something was bugging you, but I didn't know what it was. Dad, I didn't want to tell you about this whole cigarette thing because I was afraid you'd be mad at me. Mad at you? Steph, I am proud of you. I know how hard it is to go against the crowd. Dad? (laughs) Do kids ever try to get you to smoke? Yeah. But actually, you know, it never appealed to me. I always figured if I wanted to fill my lungs with smoke, I'd just stick my head in a barbecue pit, you know? (laughs) But what am I going to do about Mickey? I think I still want to be your friend. Well, you know, you got to trust your instincts, honey. If you like Mickey and you think she's a good person, then you should be your friend. But if you don't want to be your friend, that's okay too, you know? Why does she have to smoke? Well, you know, it's possible she's feeling the same pressure that you are. She's just not strong enough to stand up to it. Maybe. But what do I do if I see her tomorrow? Do I tell her how I feel? 
Should I wait for her to talk to me? Maybe I'll just stay home and finish junior high by mail. <laughs> You know what? You just hang in there. Because believe it or not, it gets easier. So Stephanie, of course, admits, like, I didn't want to tell you about this cigarette thing because I figured you'd be mad at me. And he's like, honey, no, I'm not mad at you. I'm proud of you. It takes a lot of guts to stand up against, you know, to go against the crowd like that. And Stephanie's like, well, Dad, did anyone ever try to get you to smoke? And he's like, well... Yeah, but I just never really found it appealing. I just thought if I wanted to inhale smoke, I'd go stick my head over a, a fire pit. So, what she's really worried about is her friendship with Mickey and how this whole smoking thing is going to affect it. And she's like, I still want to be her friend. And Danny's, you know, he's honest with her. He's like, honey, you, you gotta trust your instincts, alright? I mean... It's like, you know, if you like Mickey and you think she's a good person, then you should be her friend. You know, and that's the thing. I mean, Mickey is not tempting Stephanie to smoke at all. It was the other girls that were doing it. And I'm just like, you know, is she still a good friend? Is she still got your back and everything like that? It's like, does the smoking really matter? I mean, yeah, you know it's bad for her and everything. And she even knows that too. But it's like... I'd say it's so, if she's a good friend to you, you're a good friend to her, the smoking just, and she's not tempting you to smoke, then be her friend, you know? I mean, I had friends who smoked. I didn't constantly badger them saying, oh, that's bad for you, you should stop. You know, and guys, I'm going to be honest, even I smoked for a short bit of time when I was a teenager. I never got hooked on it. I never really inhaled, I don't think. Otherwise, I probably would be hooked on it. Um... But one thing I like about this is the fact that Danny is sitting down with Stephanie. He's not angry. He's not yelling at her. This is how I wanted that Just Say No Way episode to be handled. Instead of Danny just flat out accusing DJ, like, well, you do smell like beer, honey. Your Uncle Jesse says he saw you with a can in his hand. And DJ gets right in, like, really? I can't believe you would believe him uh, rather than your own daughter who, I mean, I just really feel like this talk could have been warned. But that talk, instead of it being with Danny and DJ, was with Jesse and DJ, which, if you think about it, I think it had to be the two of them, and I'm sorry I'm talking about another episode, but it really called for it to be the two of them because he was the one who caught her in the first place, and he's the one who, you know, being a musician, probably has friends that have maybe alcohol problems, and how he just, the idea of his young niece starting to drink just didn't sit well with him, and he doesn't want to see her go down that path, and and here with, with Danny and everything, trying to help Stephanie, like, make the right decision, it's not so much just even about her smoking, because she's like, you know, I didn't want to do that anyway, that's not what it was about for her, it's about being Mickey's friend and wanting her 
to be her friend and it's all about being you know wanting to be accepted and not be you know judged for or pressured into doing something you don't feel comfortable with doing and he's like well you know you if you want to be your friend that's great and if you don't you don't have to be your friend and stephanie just like but why does she have to smoke and danny's like well sweetie she may be under the same pressure as you are and she just may not be strong enough to stand up to it like you do yeah this is basically you know if I see her tomorrow, how should I react? Should I talk to her? Should I wait for her to bring it up to me? And she'll, maybe I should just finish school by mail, you know, homeschooling. Like, no, no, don't worry, honey. Just, you listen to your heart and it will tell you what to do. You'll know. The words will come to you. Yeah, Danny leaves her with these parting words of, honey, you just hang in there, all right? Because believe it or not, it gets easier. Um... I don't even know what to say to that. Nanny, uh, it depends on the person in the situation, I guess. As far as easier and easier to say now, I guess, when other temptations come up, maybe. But the temptations for things are always going to be out there, and you just have to be strong enough to be able to say no and you know, willing to risk. Sometimes maybe a friendship is gonna have to be the the cost that you pay. If the person is going to tempt you and say you have to do this, then no, the friendship is more damaging to you than what it needs to you just cut it off. Just yeah. But yeah, the thing is you get older guys, it does not get easy maybe for some folks, but for others Telling someone it gets easier, I don't know if that really, <laughs> it surely didn't help me. Honestly, I would just say, you know what, instead of saying it gets easier, I'm like, take it by day, day by day. One step at a time, one foot in front of the other. Take each day as it comes. Alright, so it's the next day in school we're back in the bathroom we got stephanie primping her hair she's wearing she's wearing a white short sleeve shirt with a white knit top underneath it and almost makes me think of a really nice lace tablecloth um we got a blonde haired girl and a african-american girl who is dressed in all orange the blonde-haired girl, of course, looks like she's going to uh, Catholic school or primary school with the uh, starch white uh, button-up high-collared shirt underneath a dark blue v-neck sweater and a skirt. Girls all come in laughing. Mickey's hanging out with them. And the other two girls that are primping and doing their hair in the mirror, they get out of there ASAP. Like, okay, bye. And... Stephanie turns around and she is like shooting daggers at these girls, most likely Mickey included. <laughs> so I'm going to play this clip. I got to hand it to Stephanie, guys. She handles this like a champ. She handles it like a boss when it comes to Gia. Like, I am not that scared little girl from day one or day two. I am newly reformed. I am stronger tougher 
I am gonna stand up to you. So, they're letting you go to the bathroom all by yourself now? Yeah. When are you gonna start? <laughs> good one. Ooh, a little Miss Big Mouth got me good. Excuse me? You wanna smoke? Oh, that's right. You quit. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm just a big fan of breathing. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> what are you laughing at? That was funny. If something is funny, I laugh. Yeah, if something's funny, she laughs. Shut up! Sixth graders are a waste of skin. You should know you were there for three years. Oh, good one. It was two. So, huh? That's Come on, Mickey. Walk me to detention. <laughs> Mickey, you're coming or what? No, you guys go. I'm gonna hang out here. With this scrub? She wants to hang out with a scrub. She can't. Not that there is one in here, but if there were... That's a good point. Come on, let's get out of here. You girl stuff. Well, uh... <laughs> Guess I better go. Yeah, okay. See ya. See ya. <laughs> Wait, Steph? You want to do something after school? Well, I do, but my lungs don't. Oh, the smokes. I've been thinking of cutting down. Great. Did you see what Mr. Lucas was wearing today? Brand new doctor. She's so cute. <laughs> so, Gia walks right up to Stephanie. He's like, so, because Stephanie's just, you know, mind her own business. She's back to face in the mirror, brushing her hair. Gia goes up to her and is like, so, they're letting you go to the bathroom by yourself now? And Stephanie's like, yeah. When are you going to start? And it's like, yeah, you got to have your freaking entourage with you wherever you go. <laughs> So, Gia, of course, offers her a cigarette, like, oh, right, you quit. And Stephanie's like, yeah, I guess I'm just a big fan of breathing. <laughs> and Mickey just laughs, like, that was a good one, Steph. I like that. That should be on a bumper sticker. I'm just a big fan of breathing. Oh, you missed it. Quinn actually agreed with me. I said, shouldn't that be on a bumper sticker, Quinny? I'm just a big fan of breathing. What, what do you say, girl, right? Yeah? No, now she's going to walk away. <laughs> no, she's stretching. <laughs> oh, you silly girl. Uh, every once in a while, Quinn will add, we'll add her two cents in. And Gia turns on Mickey like, what are you laughing at? And Mickey doesn't back down like, hey, if something's funny, I laugh. And of course, Stephanie's like, yeah, if something's funny, she laughs. Gia turns on Stephanie's like, hey, shut up. Then she, Gia turns back to uh, the other girls and says, Sixth graders are a, a waste of skin. Quinn, what are you doing? <laughs> oh. Sorry about that. Um, she's. I have a blanket on me. I guess she wants to lay on the blanket. But, um, yeah, Stephanie gets her back with, like, <laughs> yeah, you should know you were there for three years. And she's like, <laughs> it was two, huh? It's like, 
Stephanie just kind of arches an eyebrow like, oh yeah, that's that's so much better that you had to repeat a grade. So Gia's pretty much over this conversation. She looks at Mickey, hey, Mickey, walk me to detention. Like, it's an order. Yeah, this is clearly Gia's crew, which is now going to be minus one member because Mickey decides to hang out with Steph. Good call. And the other girl's like, Mickey, are you coming or what? And Mickey's like, no, I'm going to hang out here. And of course, she, they're like, with this scrub? And Stephanie's like, hey, if she wants to hang, up, hang out with a scrub, she can. Not that there is a scrub here, but if there is. And it's like, Mickey's like taking, because Stephanie's pointing at her. And Mickey just takes her hand like, Steph, please, they get it. I'm like, we're going back to the scrub club again. What in the what? Are you guys related to those three blonde girls that were picking on DJ? I mean, that was at Van Anna Junior High. Of course, this is DiMaggio, but it's like, come on, enough of the scrub talk. I think I got called that in seventh grade by a girl that would always show up late to choir practice, and she wore one of those starter jackets that reeked of cigarette smoke. And she always came in like she had just washed her hair, like, right before she came to school. And she always had a really crappy attitude, and she was like... It's like, why are you calling me that? So, yeah, Gia and her two members of her entourage take off. Mickey and Stephanie like, hey, alright, we're gonna, you know, go our separate ways and everything. I'll see you later. And Stephanie grabs her book, starts heading towards the bathroom door to go out into the hall. Mickey's like, hey, Steph, you want to do something after school today? And Stephanie's like, well, I mean, I do, but my lungs don't. And Mickey's like, oh, right, the smokes. Well, I was actually thinking of cutting back. I was like, good! Steph's already having an influence on her. That's awesome. And, of course, they bring up Mr. Lucas, who's got brand new dockers, and he looks so cute. Ugh. You know, I think when they say Mr. Lucas, I think Lucas Scott from One Tree Hill. <laughs> and that is the episode. Um... Best outfit is definitely going to go... It's going to go to Aaron. I really liked what Aaron was wearing with the, um, the shirt The shirt I mentioned that he was wearing with the uh, dark blue, the black, the turquoise. He had the uh, bleached skull bolo tie. And then, of course, I think second runner-up is definitely going to go to Stephanie because uh, with what she was wearing, um, it was kind of like um, the plaid flannel look with the forest green headband in it. And it just really, it was really great looking. Um, I gotta say, definitely worst outfit. It's going to be Gia with the army surplus jacket she was wearing. It just... Why do they always stick the bad girls in an army jacket? Or the bad boys like, um... Gary from season two of The Wonder Years, Heart of Darkness, who was played by Bre a young Breckenmeyer. He was also in an army jacket. It's like, oh, this kid's a real tough. If he's not wearing a leather jacket, we're gonna throw him in a... Him or her in a army surplus jacket. That'll make him tough and rugged looking. Um, as far as most relatable character, I probably will choose Stephanie just because I wasn't tempted to... 
Okay, I got influenced by characters I saw on television smoking, but like I said, I just... I didn't get hooked on it. But anyway, um... You had a friend who kind of got me into trying to sniff rubber cement when I was in my teens. And she didn't pressure me into it. It's just like, oh, she's doing it. And you can get like a contact high or whatever from it. And I I tried it. I didn't get anything out of it. But I, I'm like, no, no, no. And my dad did see it there. He's like, what are you doing with this? Seriously, are you trying to mess up your life? Because you could wind up with brain damage if you keep doing this and but um also guys I was thinking about this earlier today and last night on the way home from my job um as far as lesson learned from this episode with um you guys know that I lost my dad seven months ago to cancer it was lung cancer my dad had been smoking since probably he was like 15 years old and he would have his bouts where he would quit and then he would start up again. And for a very long time, he had quit. But he was still continuing to chew tobacco, which is probably just as worse. And for the last probably years or six to eight months, um, before he, he passed, um, he was in so much pain. And I'm just thinking that, guys, if, if you're young, if you're listening to this, guys, do, don't start to smoke, okay? I don't want to s- s- see or, you know, anybody go down that path and or anybody having to suffer like the way that my dad suffered. <laughs> Nobody deserves to be in that pain, guys. That's That stuff is not good for you. And I know it's easy to tell someone to quit. And it's easy to show them statistics and everything. But I, guys, I'm just talking from personal experience of what it... The effect that that has on a family... And to lose someone that you love so dearly because of a habit that they couldn't break. No matter how badly their family probably wanted them to. That, guys, the smoking relief you get from it. That pain that you suffer slowly. Just eating away at your body. That's not worth it lighting up. It's not. I just... (laughs) And it doesn't honestly really hit home until it happens to someone you love or maybe even... You know, someone, someone, you know, someone you, you love and everything like that. Because you hear so much about people that suffer from cancer from different things. And it's like, sir, um, but it's like when it's really hits home is when it affects some something, you know, a family member. And guys, I know I'm, I'm rambling. I'm sorry. But uh, 
just if you're trying to quit, guys, keep keep at it. Keep at it. And better yet, if you're young and you think smoking is cool, it's not. The way that they used to glamorize it in the movies, I mean, I was easily influenceable as a as a kid, as a teenager. I watched you know, people like trying it be like, Oh, smoking's cool and this and that because you you know, your parents do it or something, or your older brother or sister or whoever. When my sister started smoking, I was shocked. I'm like, I couldn't believe it. It's like, God, why are you doing that? Dad does that. And it just, and my, and my reasons for why I did it for a short amount of time were absolutely stupid. But, like I said, don't put yourself through that. Don't put your family through it or your, your, you know, your loved ones. Be an example and stop it before it starts. And also, if you see someone struggling, guys, don't say, you gotta quit, you gotta quit. I mean, that's important to, you know, stress that, but still, be a shoulder for someone to lean on and help them, you know, in any way that you can. Just just be there for somebody. Know that it's going to be a hard, long journey. But support them nonetheless. Alright, let's take a look at next week's, the final episode in the Back to School series, Season 8, Episode 2, entitled Breaking Away. This episode aired on October 4th, 1994. Jesse and Becky are apprehensive about their twin boys attending preschool. Stephanie becomes a rebellious or becomes rebellious due to a friend's influence. AKA Gia. Um I wanna play a couple clips here from an episode of Punky Brewster. It's from season two. It's called Just Say No. So, Punky Brewster, Season 2, Episode 8, entitled Just Say No, aired on October 27th, 1985. In this episode, Punky and Cherry are admittedly, or excuse me, Punky and Cherry are admitted into a clique only to find out that they use drugs and want them to do so. I want to play this clip because temptation can even start at a very young age. Stephanie was 12 years old. Punky and Cherry are nine. Think about how crazy that is. And even though eventually, you know, Stephanie was able to say, no, I'm not going to do that. Mickey, I still want to be your friend. This group of girls, the leader of the girl, or the leader, I believe her name is, I think it's Lisa, who flat out tells Cherry and Punky, like, no, you signed an oath, you took the pledge, you have to do this. And this girl is so insistent, like, hey, my rep is on the line, I stuck my neck out for you two, don't embarrass me, don't make me look bad. So kind of to set this scene up here, what's happened, the girls have taken these different challenges They've made a pledge to hang out with each other, and they drank this really nasty concoction of uh, uh, raw egg mixed with mustard and ketchup and mayo and a bunch of other icky, gross, disgusting things that they choked down. And they're like, all right, great, you're in the club, except for one last thing you have to do. 
and the girl, the blonde girl with the braces, opens up this little metal canister that looks like it probably held band-aids in it at one point. And just unloads on the floor of their clubhouse a bunch of, you know, pills, some weed, a little nose candy, which is cocaine, and the... Cherry and Punky are just overwhelmed and shocked. Like, what? What? What is this? Are those drugs? So I'm gonna play this clip. Now let's really have some fun. I think we ought to let the newest chicklets get first choice. First of them as some grass, some uppers, which is most likely marijuana in speed, and some nose candy, which she said is cocaine. 
she says that the girl says her big brother gets them for them all the time. My guess is he's getting them hooked. He's using her to get more kids hooked on drugs so he can keep making money. Basically, the chicklets, especially the blonde, are drug pushers. The poor Punky is kind of the one who's voicing the worries here for both her and Cherry. She's like, wow, it seems like a big deal to me. I mean, why do you do it? And the girl, I think her name is Lisa, is like, because everybody does it. That is the lamest excuse I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> but, I mean, Lisa, like, bullies them, shames them, pressures the girls. Like, well, and this one girl... I'm not sure what her name is. She's the brunette who ends up coming over to Punky and Cherry's side in the Just Say No campaign. And she's like, oh, they don't have to if they don't want to. Lisa's like, yes, they do! They signed a contract. They signed a petition. They signed a pledge. They have to do this. You swore you'd stand by the chicklets in good times and in bad times. And Lisa hands out, hands a uh, joint to... Uh, Extends it out to Punky. Like, come on, try it. Punky's like, well, not now, maybe later. Like, hey, you gonna party with us? Nope, nope, not right now. And finally, Lisa's all like, look, my parents aren't home. We'll go light this up at my place. Let's leave these little girls to their little clubhouse. And the girls all file down the treehouse steps. Lisa leaves parting words with Cherry and Punky to make them feel even more distressed than they already are. Like, hey, I stuck out my neck for you two, okay? I told everyone you were cool. Do not make a liar out of me. Now that the girls are gone, Punky and Cherry are really deliberating. Like, what do we do? I mean, it's a cool club. I really want to be a part of it, but I don't want to do drugs. I know that they're bad. So, of course, this is season two. We have Mike, Punky's teacher, to kind of be the voice of reason and to help Punky be able to work through all these emotions and the pressure and the confusion that she's feeling right now. The fact that this girl is nine years old and she's being pressured by... These girls look to be clearly, I'd say, 11 or 12 years old. It just shows that girls, at, kids at any age can be pressured into doing drugs. But now I want to go to Mike talking to Punky about this situation that she's in. And she's just scared because if she goes to Henry, she knows he's most likely going to yell at her before coming to his senses and just giving her a lecture and understanding. You know, Mike's going to ask the important questions. Why do you want to do this? You know, that's the big main one is why Why do you want to do this? I've got this problem. I need to talk over with someone older and wiser. All the old wise people I know get mad at me for getting myself into this mess. <laughs> Sounds like some problem. Yeah, it's a real dilemma. Well, that's dilemma. Buggy, why don't you forget that I'm your teacher and just think of me as Mike Fulton, your friend? You won't get mad? I won't get mad. And anything that you tell me will remain our secret. And what's this all about? Drugs. Oh. Are those mad wrinkles on your forehead? 
No, I'm just aging fast, that's all. See, I joined this really cool club with a friend of mine who has to remain nameless. Okay. Anyway, the girls in the club wanted us to take drugs. And if we don't, they'll kick me and Sherry out. I hope you and your anonymous friend refused. <laughs> Not exactly. We sort of said, maybe next time. Hmm. Punky, there's a name for your problem. There is? Yes. <laughs> Peer pressure. What's that? Peer pressure is a feeling of wanting to fit in, to be like your friends. And sometimes that feeling can be so strong that it makes it hard for us to resist doing something we know isn't right. Yeah, that's me. I've got peer pressure up to my eyeballs. It's not only you, Punky. <laughs> it's happened to all of us. I can remember when I was a kid, I started hanging out with a group of guys that I thought were real cool. Until I found out that their idea of cool was riding around in fast cars. <laughs> that doesn't sound so bad. It is when the car belongs to someone else. What did you do? I found myself a new group of friends to hang out with. Guys who really knew what was cool. Staying in school. Playing a little basketball. Listening to Jane Brown. <laughs> I feel good. <laughs> Mike Fulton's talks with Punky, they're not lectures, they're teachable learning moments and stepping stones to help Punky become, you know, find her way to becoming, you know, not so much just a, a better person, but stepping stones that she could take with her in, in life and kind of teach her how to navigate these tough waters of being, you know, a preteen. She's going to come upon instances of peer pressure, much like what she and Cherry are both facing now with the chiclet situation. And 
Punky says, you know, you're a great teacher, Mike. I just kind of wish you weren't my teacher right now. And he's like, what, come again? And he, he basically, he says, I have to tell you something, but I'm afraid that you're going to get mad at me. Kind of that's why I don't want to tell Henry about this. And he's like, all right, Punky, well, why don't, for this moment, you and I just pretend that I'm not your teacher at this moment. I'm not Mike Fulton the teacher right now. I'm Mike Fulton your friend. She's like, okay. So he's like, what is this all about? And she's like, she takes a deep, big breath. She's really nervous. She's like, drugs. And he's like, oh. And it's not an angry O. It's kind of a, I'm surprised, but I'm kind of glad that you did, you know, you told me about this. And in a way that maybe being at this point... This show came out in the 80s when drugs were really at an all-time high. The pressures for kids was just through the roof. And shows like this and Different Strokes also featured a um, drug awareness program as well. Um, I'm starting to lose my train of thought. But Mike's aware that you know, there are drugs in the world. There are kids that are being tempted by drugs. And I think the fact that Punky mentions drugs, he probably thinks, like, wow. And his mind is like, she is nine years old and she's getting tempted by by drugs. And and drugs is not, you know, a new thing to him. And she just kind of looks at him like, oh, are those mad wrinkles on your forehead? And he's like, no, no, honey, I'm just aging fast. So Punky says, you know, I joined this really cool club with an, a friend of mine that has to remain nameless, anonymous. And this club, the girls in it, it's, they want us to do drugs. And they say that's the only way that we can stay in the club. And if we don't do it, they're going to kick us out. And Mike's like, oh, I see. Um, Punky, actually, what you're going through is something that a lot of kids go through, and even adults. It's what I like to call peer pressure. So he's like, well, I hope that you told them, you know, what did you end up saying? And she's like, I... Well, because he says, well, I hope you told them no. She's like, oh, not actually. I told them maybe next time. And sometimes... Flat out said, because Lisa was not going to accept no for an answer. She wasn't even accepting maybe next time. It's either basically with Lisa, it's you're doing it now regardless of whether you want to or not. She takes those pledges seriously. Like, you swear an oath, you have to do this. So, he explained to her that peer pressure is a feeling of wanting to fit in and be like your friend's says sometimes that feeling is so strong that it makes us really hard to resist doing things that we know that aren't right. Like you want to be accepted so bad and that fear of being rejected is just it's like I I have to do this. It's it's like there is no maybe next time it's I have to do this. I have to be accepted because the worst thing a kid probably could feel is everybody turning on them and then basically being an outcast and a loner (laughs) but honestly it takes a stronger person to say no 
and to carve their own path in life. There's nothing wrong with being a loner. There's nothing wrong with being an outcast. It's called blazing your own trail, finding your own way. So Mike tells her, like, Punky, you're not the only one that goes through this. Believe it or not, when I was a teenager, when I was a young man, I was pressured into fitting in with a group of boys that wanted to drive fast cars and Punky's like well that doesn't seem so bad Mike's like well uh (laughs) it kind of is when the car doesn't belong to them so Mike explains like instead I found a new group of guys that you know played a little basketball they danced to some James Brown and you know they everyone kind of felt good about themselves and you know they weren't using drugs as a way to Make themselves feel better. It was just them hanging out with the right crowd and, you know, just having fun, listening to music, playing basketball, you know, or whatever activity. But um, he does give her a pamphlet for the Just Say No program and says, you take this, go home, read it if you want to join this campaign this cause come back to me tomorrow and I will you know we'll proceed further with this so in in a way you know referencing bringing this back to full house um with you know Danny kind of being in the in the mic situation here with with Stephanie they're both trying to give a younger person their own advice on how to handle a situation, kind of their own expertise. But in the end, it's going to be that person that goes forth and just makes that final decision of how they're going to handle this. Are they going to take the drugs? Are they going to smoke the cigarette in order to feel included? Are they going to say, no, I'm not doing that. I don't want to feel pressured. I'm taking a stand. Alright, so let's see how this concludes. Back at the treehouse with the chicklets and Punky and Cherry are once again being offered drugs to join the chicklets. I guess Lisa had a change of heart again. Hey, your club sounds fun. How do I join? It's easy, Kate. All 
you have to do is just say no. You don't have to be part of the crowd. Just be who you are and stand up loud. Just say no. no. All right. So uh, the girls turned Emily down. Now, why did I think her name was Lisa? I have no idea. But you know what? That girl is such a terrible person. She does not deserve to have me call her by her actual name. So, nuts to you, Lisa slash Emily slash go away and never come back again. Stop bothering nine-year-olds. Find your own treehouse. In fact, I think you definitely need to find a clinic somewhere, rehab center, whatever. This girl's taking these drugs and she's so angry all the time. But that's what being a bully is. You're you're angry. You're wanting to be in control of everything and and, and everybody. And she's like, oh, go away. Luckily, um, the reddish brown haired girl wants to join Punky and Cherry's club. Punky and Cherry have no hesitation when it comes to saying no this time around. And we see Mike, who is now their their sponsor for the Just Say No Club, and we see them all in green shirts with white lettering and they hand one to the brunette girl and it's it's great this was i loved covering this show so much i loved love it and it just brings back so many memories um guys if you want to listen to all of punky brewster all of it all the episodes i've covered are all on soundcloud um I am so excited for the reboot. I am so excited. And I just wanted to play this little bit of a clip, you know, these clips here, because just in how, hmm, excuse me, you know, referencing that even though um, the Full House episode was in the early to mid-ish 90s, even in the 80s, when the drug problem was really at an all-time high, um, and just making kids aware of the dangers out there and how the best way to handle the situations, the best way to respond, and feel good about yourself for, you know, backing down and just saying, no, I'm taking a stand. You know, this is my life. And I choose how to live it without the pressures of, of drugs or alcohol or any of that stuff. Um, when I was in fifth grade, I was in the D.A.R.E. program. I know a lot of people, you know, laugh at it now, how ridiculous it probably was. We even had a D.A.R.E. concert. Um, I think that it was definitely... Um, I think that the program was a great program and it brought awareness to kids about the dangers of, you know, drugs and everything. So I hope you guys enjoyed the clips and I just love kind of, you know, rehashing and remembering Punky Brewster and how great the show was and in in comparison also with, with Full House and everything, Punky and, and Stephanie are both going through pressures but at the end of the day they both are taking a stand and choosing to say no to, to drugs standing up to that peer pressure so all right everybody have a wonderful wonderful day and a good weekend and i will be back next week 
with Breaking Away. I'm also planning to play a little clip towards the end of the episode of Bonnie or Seth, who in the Full House episode plays Nikki and Alex's preschool teacher. She also played Linda in season two's The Gift. So you can hear her amazing acting as a mentally challenged adult. So, all right, everybody. Bye-bye. I know this this episode's a little uh, a little long, like over two and a half hours long, but definitely, guys, it's worth it. It's amazing. So, bye-bye. <laughs>